Oh, we're all gone. What happened? Oh, that's okay. Oh, there you are. <laughs> Almost. Oh, Hang on. Hang on. There we go. I don't know okay. how that happened. We were just good a second ago. We'll see what happens when our guest comes in. But what's in up, everybody? Thank, thank you for dealing with our shenanigans. I always wonder what the people that just listen to audio think when they hear these moments. That's why you got to watch um, on YouTube and subscribe yeah. while oh. you're at it. <laughs> you know, I'm just going to jump right into it. Episode 113. Please, do if it. you don't follow us already on all of your social, all of our social media platforms, please do. Go to our Facebook, give us a like, go to our YouTube, give us uh, hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell, please leave a comment. The interactions help. Share it if you like any segments that you see. We have in iTunes, you can give us a five-star rating and a review if you like. That helps bump our thing up in the algorithm and boost us up there. And um, we also have a Patreon. So if you would like to be a Patreon, you can be a Patreon for $3 a month. We offer exclusive content. We have Inside Outs, which are trick tips. We have three pieces. We have section reviews with some of our guests. And, um, you know, we got some other things coming out as well. We got, uh, what else do we have in there, Austin? We have a few things. Well, we I can't be- think of it right now. I'm spieled out. But, and yo, the commentaries, the section commentaries. Section commentary. Yeah, I, I think I said that, but oh, okay, cool. Check, check it out. <laughs> that's, uh, that's what you can do if you want to support us. Also, um, we're coming to the end of 2021. As you know, Blank has been an incredible sponsor. We've had other sponsors in the past, Intuition Skate Shop. If you want to be a sponsor for 2022, please hit us up, jumpstreetpodcast at gmail.com, and you could be a sponsor for 2022, which could be fun, right? We've been having a lot of fun with Blank, and uh, we're always open to sponsorships. If anyone wants to support us in that way or promote their product or whatever it is, video, website, brand of any kind, just let us know. Hit us up. Nice. Uh, and we have some Patreons this month, right? We have a ton of Patreon supporters. We're going to split this up because you guys are going to kill me with these names. So we're taking it one step at a time. Uh, this week, we want to give a shout out to our new Patreon supporters, the homie Brazil. We got Danny Keyblade, Sean Maristella, Nick Lyon, Joe Ansborough, Brian Sparks, David Lineback, Eliza Jeanette, Ben Duran, Frieder Jan Mormon, <laughs> Craig Spaven, Shane Smith, Gordon McFarlane, and Liam Graham. Thank you all so much for your support. That's just a small part. Thank you, everybody. We've had like a huge influx of supporters over the last couple weeks. So uh, we're going to get to the rest in the next episode. But thank you all so much. Uh, we've been having a lot of good feedback on our last few uh, Patreon posts. So everybody check it out. If you're not already a supporter, consider being a supporter. Check out patreon.com slash jumpstreetpodcast. And like- yeah, we have, some, uh, we have some new ones. The, uh, the inside outs, you did how to hit coping. You know, for people who are just starting to skate or just learning to skate coping. And uh, there's one before that, a bit controversial, <laughs> a bit controversial, but uh, the zero fish or the olive fish going fakey, zero olive fish. Um, yeah, what's up with that? I'd have me. I was just as blown away no, by that as it, you it, were. No, but it's. I think it's zero. We don't need to get into it, but I think it's yeah. uh, a zero fish makes sense. That that covers what it is. But um. I think yeah, they both so, make sense, but I just didn't know that there was any controversy around it. I've been saying that. Yeah. I've been saying it like that for 25 years. I'm sure you have too. I've never gotten any shit for it myself. So that was the first time I seen that. But we apologize. But regardless of the name, regardless of the name, um, there was some good feedback on on both of those uh, how tos uh, inside out. So check those out if you're a Patreon supporter. Yep. And uh, speaking of supporting, let's give a shout out to our sponsor for this episode. Uh, Blank, who just came out with the new Sean Keane Pro Model Skate. Uh, brand new skate from the ground up, pretty much. A lot of people have their hands in it already. 
Uh, so for the pre-orders, everyone, it came in. There's a lot of reviews and stuff out there. Uh, here's your boy, Sean Keen himself, talking about his own pro skate by Blank. Check it out. Hey, what's up? This is Sean Keen out here in New York right now with the Blank Rollerblade team. We're all out here skating my pro skate for the first time in the public. Yeah, we've been developing the skate for about two years right now. Worked with Kyle Solo on a lot of the parts on this skate. Came together really nice. Hope everybody likes it. It's going to be the first release. It's going to be a beta drop. It'll be a couple of sizes. But the whole point of it is we want the public to test these out too. They're going to be able to try it, give us feedback, and we're going to make changes to the skate for the next final production run of all the sizes. So it'll be something everybody's happy with. I hope everybody's really stoked on the skate, because I know I am. So yeah, I hope everybody enjoys this new skate. So be sure to cop a pair and try them out. Let us know your feedback. That's Blank by Rollerblade. Check out the new Sean Keen Pro Model Skate. Give them a follow on Instagram at Blank Rolling Products. And we have a link to their website in the video description. So definitely check that out. Thank you so much, Blank. Um, we also have a WTF this week coming from Danilo Senna with this Judo Chop. <laughs> just a flat spin to Ali Soul. Uh, totally laced it. Perfect. I don't think I've ever seen. We've seen a lot of spins to grinds. I don't know if we've ever seen any flat spins to grinds, but flat spin to Soul definitely up there. So huge shout out to Danilo Senna. What do you think about it, Billy? Oh, we lost Billy. <laughs> okay, so it's just me. Big shout out, Danilo Senna. Thank you for, um, you know, killing it and everything. Give him a follow. Danilo Senna on Danilo Senna in line on Instagram. Billy's coming back. Maybe. Hang on. What an episode we're having so far. Hey. <laughs> hey, what an episode. But uh, yeah, I got disconnected there. But that, yeah, that flat spin I'll leave soul was nuts. All good. We're still here. Um, we have uh, we still have a bunch of other things to get to on, on the top of this show. Uh, we have to do the monthly supporter giveaway, all this Patreon talk, monthly supporter giveaway for the month of November. So like we say, every month we do a random drawing from our Patreon supporters. Let me pull up the screen here. Bam. So we put everybody who supports us on Patreon in a random drawing and they receive one of whatever they want out of our online store. So the month of November, we have Cody Hayes. So congrats to Cody Hayes for winning our monthly supporter giveaway. And thank you so much for supporting our show. We definitely appreciate it. And bang bong. And we back. And bing bong. Bing bong. It's, uh, I have a new computer now, so I just set everything up again. And there's like new notifications popping up that I... I'm unaware of, so bear with me on that. Hopefully everything goes as smooth as possible, even though we've been having um, a bit of a, a shit show so far. But we're making it happen. This is just typical Jump Street stuff. Anybody who's seen our show before, you know what it is. <laughs> yeah, we're back in there. <laughs> Shout out what Cody Hayes. What else do we have? Uh, How many things do we have before the uh, we have at least, special guest? We have at least a dozen more things, because we have uh, over 100 people already watching live. Anybody who's watching live, mm. thank you so much. This is a huge turnout. Yeah. Um, I just want to quickly, oh yeah, quickly. I, I didn't discuss this with you, Billy, but I hope you don't mind this. Um, I, I was posting a little um, picture on my Instagram every time I went skating. I would put like a, a, a piece of paper up that said gone skating on it. And everyone's like, make a shirt out of that, make a shirt out of that. I, I would buy a shirt. So I did it. I made shirts, gone skating shirts in adult and kid sizes. Good for the whole family, very family friendly shirt. Um, it was just like a, a joke thing that I had going around, but everybody wanted some shirts for it. So they're selling pretty well too. So everyone check them out. Uh, I have a link in the description, Gone Skating Big Cartel. And yeah, if you want to support me or whatever, just want a, a cool, funky little shirt for you or your 
little one, check it out. I appreciate that. Sorry, Blake. I, I, I didn't run that one by you, but <laughs> I forgot right. I had that in here. It's all good. Um, is there anything else that you could think of? Because I think that's everything off my list. No, I think that's everything because that's a lot of stuff. It is a lot so, of stuff. We, we got I someone get else. I want to get to our guest. Yeah, we have someone else to do the talking for us. So I hope I have the sound by because like I said, this is a new computer. So I hope the sound works. But everybody, please give a round of applause for our very special guest from north of the border, Mr. Joey McGarry. Here we go. Oh, hold on. Here we go. There's the cheers. Thank you. <laughs> Welcome. Thank Welcome you. to the show. Thank you, Billy. Oh, yeah. You're good. Did How's you, it going? Uh, good. I, I want to start off by a shout out for having two Joeys on. Back to back Joeys. I'm shout glad out you, to the name Joey. I'm glad you noticed that. Real recognize. And to all other Joeys, Joes, and Josephs in rollerblading. Much what, love. Just represent. <laughs> Much love. Shout out to all the judges out there. <laughs> Thanks for having me, and I'm not going to judge the technical difficulties. It's it's tough. All. It's tough going live. It's very it's it very is. stressful. It's tough. It's not it's a easy. Risk. That's why not many people do it. But we thug it out and try to make it happen week after week, episode after episode. Here we are, 113 in, back to back Joey's. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. And thank you for keeping this going because there's a lot of people who start things like this and they don't keep it going. That's very important to keep it going. Keep doing it. Imagine rollerblading without Jump Street. Maybe it wouldn't be as good. I mean, imagine rollerblading without mushroom blading like you've you were the you know first blading podcast. No, it was actually um, Rolling Revival. We were the second. Oh, Rolling Revival. I completely forgot about that. Tim Parker's yeah. deal. Tim and Adrian. Well, we wanted to talk about that anyway, but now that we're on the topic. <laughs> was that like your inspiration to starting Mushroom Blading? Because podcasts were like very few, very rare back then. The podcast was, I think Todd just wanted to talk to people more. So he just sent me himself recording um, himself to start. And then, it, and then it went from there. So it was a solo podcast. Then I did a solo podcast. And then we had guests and then it became a bigger thing. It was crazy to be able to talk to um, people that we grew up with watching skating. Um, and I love podcasts because I can stay connected to rollerblading while at work. Because um, I don't talk to coworkers or my wife about rollerblading too much. So That's true. There's a whole community out here. People, you know, chat. And I love that about... Um, just anybody who does like live streams now as well, because you have like the chat. I, I noticed that obviously significantly when we did our movie nights um, last year during the pandemic. But even like when um, Lawrence does his blade gear chats uh, on his page, back to blading, like I see everyone in the chat, like talking about, you know, where they're from and stuff. And it's a good way to connect. And I guess podcasts are a good way for that also. You get to hear the history of the sport from a different perspective, too. It's been insane learning some of the business stuff. Um, and it's good for people to learn that because <clears throat> it's a more, um, it's a more realistic history of the sport. We grew up watching some of these people and then you find out how much people were actually getting or how they worked with certain companies, um, which is important because then we can apply those lessons to what's happening right now. Mm -hmm. Billy. Hey. 
<laughs> Good job on Mesmer. What? Good job on Mesmer. I thought he was making sure Billy was awake. <laughs> I'm right here. I know he said what? it. He said it like that, like Billy. Billy, like, say something. Well, because I, I only saw myself on one screen. Gotta say, good job on Mesmer. Thank if you. If there, let's say, in ten years, maybe there's only five skate companies. There's a good chance Mesmer will be one of them. Oh. Oh, but I don't nice. want to get. I like too, I don't want to get too dark on it. <laughs> and and I have one thing I wanted to tell you that I hope was in your contract. Mm. If you're open to it. Okay. <laughs> Did you say that? Powerslide is not allowed to release a weird version of the Mesmer skate with like a with like a big wheel frame with a weird name on it. Oh, it's not that they're uh you know not allowed. It's just uh it's a Mesmer mold now. So yeah. it, is that something you don't want to see, Joey? I just I, I want Mesmer to be Mesmer. I want it to be separate core for the people it's it's completely very very separate you can tell Excellent. from the image yeah. too and everything by the way joey i forgot to ask you this before i put mushroom blading as your instagram handle did you want that or your personal instagram page oh that's good no that's good okay good just making sure just want to make sure that you're represented correctly on our platform thank you well joey thank you so much for the kind compliment <laughs> and thank you for coming on our show um it's a pleasure to have you. We have 129 people watching live. So thank you for joining us. If you are watching, please hit the like button. But Joey, um, and now that I'm done kind of whoring myself out there with the jump street, um, I kind of want to get into your story. You know, uh, we, we we heard a lot about, I think, your whole backstory and everything uh, through Todd indirectly. But I would love to hear it directly because even like through Todd, it sounds like you were maybe skating first and curious like uh how it all started this a uh, huge passion that turned into everything that you've produced well i started as a hockey player in in kamloops um on skates at a really young age and uh there was a point where i was driving with my mom down the street and i saw um in a basketball court there was a dude who looked straight out of california with uh, like the neon, the neon gear, sunglasses, and he was hitting a hitting a ball against the wall, and I and my I was like, what are those things? I must have been nine or ten, and my mom said, those are rollerblades. We can maybe rent those next time we go to Shushwap Lake, which is a lake forty five minutes outside of Kamloops. So I'm sorry, what was that? I loved Shushwap. I loved hockey. What's that? Shushwap. Shushwap Lake. Shushwap. Yeah. Okay. Make sure I got indigenous that indigenous term. Gotcha. Um, and I loved hockey, but at the, what I really liked about hockey was getting there before everybody and just having the ice to myself. Um, the game was fun. The camaraderie was fun. But when, when I went out to Shushwap Lake and we rented the rollerblades, it was the idea of, um, being able to skate anywhere on pavement with no team no rink, no ice. Uh, I took to it immediately before I even knew that there were tricks or anything. Um, and then, <clears throat> then I think I got a pair of ultra wheels, like teal, teal Bowers or ultra wheels and then roller hockey skates. And then it was, um, the classic moment. It would have been, it would have been skating for a couple of years, starting to play rep hockey, which is the more serious 
triple A. I went in to play it against sports and there was this guy working named Chad Watson. Um, I would have been in grade seven. So I think that's 12, like skating for a few years. And he played me this, this video on the Play It Again Sports TV. And it was Dave Kolash doing a 394 foot rail slide in, um, in Mad Beef. Oh yeah. And he was just like, check this out. And I think I was with my friend Colin, who I first started skating with, but it was that. And then he showed us the wall that had um, Kryptonics wheels and grind plates. And it was like, that's like the moment in the movie where it's like this thing is way better and way more exciting than hockey. And uh, I got Kryptonics wheels for my hockey skates, Sonic grind plates, because I thought you needed those to grind, which you kind of did, but not really. And then um, you could rent videos from Played Against Sports. So I saw Mad Beef, the bottom line, they eventually got VG3 and 4 later. Um, and just that whole world was opened up. And, and that's the short... Um, like I was still playing roller hockey and playing hockey, but right around grade nine or 10 skating became way more important than hockey. And I quit hockey in the middle of the season. Um, cause I, it wasn't because I wanted to keep skating and making videos, but it was definitely part of it. Um, hockey was getting more serious with scouts and, um, it was getting weird and, and the world of skating was more exciting. And something that was particularly exciting about seeing Mad Beef and bringing it home was I was already messing around with video cameras. I was already really into music. Um, I would sit watching music videos with my sister all the time. And it was like seeing a skate video, this world of music, video cameras, freedom of movement, creativity. It was the best. It was like getting a mixtape of music too. every new video. So. That's kind of the short version of the story. That's a pretty good, that's a pretty good short version of the story. (laughs) Mad beef being a good one, you know, seeing that front side, I could see that having a huge impact. I think every skater had like an impact moment or like you say, like, this is it kind of who I am moment. Um, It's interesting to hear that you got, you were like that serious into hockey. I know every Canadian has some level of playing hockey, at least like having blades or ice skates on their feet at some level, but scouts, uh, you had, you had scouts out there. You were like serious. What was, what was the level that you were at there? Uh, I still got uh, letters to training camps an hour or sorry, a year after quitting, but I have a clear memory of like the word got out that I was going to quit in the middle of the season. I remember this scout, uh from where it got out was all the gossip (laughs) what's that it was all the gossip where it got out i don't this i remember this guy talking to me who was completely out of shape like this this bigger representative from a whl hockey team he's like you have a good career ahead of you like the basic movie type thing and he was like all you need to do is bulk up a little bit i was a defenseman i was a i was a puck moving defenseman which is a key cog in the in the team um and I just remember thinking like, you're not in shape at all. And you're telling me that I need to bulk up. And I was like this 16 year old kid, the whole thing, like even the team dynamics that year got really weird. Like there was, there would be like a news story on the, on the best kid on the team. All the parents got weirder. I definitely appreciate all the driving that my parents did and everything. And I knew that they thought maybe that rollerblading was just going to be 
a fad and here I am, I'm almost 40 and I'm still doing it. And I, I think it was the first thing I remember as a younger person, like something that I felt strongly in my heart that I didn't want to play hockey anymore. Todd had the same thing with baseball. Like he was, he could have gone pretty far with baseball and we both were really into this weird activity. It had the draw. I was going to ask if that, if like <laughs> what your parents thought about that, cause you were considering you were that good at hockey and that you wanted to do this pretty new sport that no one really knew about, especially like our parents didn't really know about it, if anything. Right. And, and to see that you were going to quit hockey, leave all that behind and start quote aggressive skating, which it was probably called at that time. You know, it's like your parents, were they supportive of you? But did they give you a hard time with that? I think it'd be hard now that I'm a parent. I know if my kid went through something like you almost wouldn't believe them or, or you'd be like, we've gone this far with this thing. But I guess it was the first time I maybe brought something up that serious that I didn't want to do it anymore. I remember sitting on the bench, like waiting for the time to count down. That's when you know you're just not into something anymore. Um, and like the, the, the things that I enjoyed about hockey were gone and were actually all those things were more exciting in skating. Um, the friendships, the fun, the possibilities, like you felt that in the early days of hockey and then it was just gone. I think, I think they didn't believe me at first. And I think Todd's parents didn't let him at first possibly. And I remember I had to tell the team, like all the guys sitting down in the dressing room, the coaches made me tell the, tell the team that I'm quitting. That was a really bizarre thing to have to do. <laughs> there was even, I saw a guy at a wedding years ago. I hadn't seen him in such a long time. He's like, I heard you quit. I heard you quit hockey for sled dogs. You know those like snow skates? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That somebody had had thought that I, which I did use and they were horrible and I still have nightmares about them. But um, some people thought that I was going to become a, a pro sled dogger. <laughs> was that just like the stereotype <laughs> Canadian thing? Like that's what they expect you to do when you're not doing hockey? No, like you, are, you know what I'm I, talking about. Yeah, like, I know. I, know I, like how you, I like how you show the size. You're like, you know, sled dogs. <laughs> yeah, they're like, they were <laughs> tiny. I sold them last year. Somebody in Toronto actually bought them. The and same I ones. Think, I think they came back. They're horrible. Definitely don't use them. I've heard so many stories, but I never used any myself. But I've heard even like a lot of New Yorkers use sled dogs, um, or maybe just I don't know. It was like a thing going around. It was like the soap shoes back then, I guess. You know. Yeah. Very fatty. Yeah. And uh, that's funny that you had them all these years and you just sold them last year. How much did you sell them for? <laughs> did you get a good good amount for them? Um, not not too bad. I was more happy to just have to not have to look at them in the garage anymore because they brought up a lot of bad memories of people being on skis and snowboards and me being stuck like on a if a hill didn't go down far enough. They were slow as hell. They got stuck in powder. But I'm a dork and I love trying all kinds of products. So I would say sled dogs are probably one of the worst in my history of trying things. Snowblades were better. Um, skis are basically giant snowblades now. So you don't need to have uh, sled dogs or snowblades. Where's the I digress though. Where's the mushroom blading Patreon video on your sled dog review? I, you know what? <laughs> I should have used them once more before but um, <laughs> there is a I, there's a snowblading video on our youtube page um 
with some good stuff. Okay. Be sure, yeah. be sure to check that out, everybody, for that top snowblading uh, <laughs> content, because there's not much of that in this industry. <laughs> um, so, okay, basically, your, your folks, you and Todd's folks, didn't really approve, or Todd's definitely didn't, from you guys leaving your sports. Probably got a hard time from some of your friends. But uh, what was, like, the goal? Were you guys, like, we're going to go out, we're going to be pro- and and what was like the idea of being pro back then? Like, uh, was it a career? Was it like being on MTV? What, what what was the plan? I don't even know. Like, I've thought about this a lot in retrospect. I I think it's we were able to find something of ourselves in skating that we weren't able to find anywhere else in life. Um, and I we were doing there was competitions. So there was the Canadian Aggressive Tour, which was like the ASA qualifier. Um, and we did those. So I think our parents were at least able to grab onto that. Parents love, um, competitions, trophies, newspaper articles. There was a little bit of that stuff. Um, but I, it was making videos and competing, I guess, were the two things which lasted until around 2000. So I guess it would be competitions and videos but not not anything about going pro or because in in canada there was nobody really to aspire to on the west coast like if it was it was all the amazing skaters on the east coast from taj mahal and all the companies were down that way too so um there was no vancouver skater to aspire to their career or anything it was just being huge groms making videos and and competing just being obsessed which is still the same feeling today for the most part without the competition part. Yeah, you were at, um, I think I heard you say one time that you were at that it was an ASA or something like that, where at the end of Fast Shoes, I think, when they're smashing the car and like Randy Spies is like throwing dirt at the car. And you, were you there for that event or that actual partake in smashing the car? Yep. Todd and I, uh, my parents took Todd and I to see. That was the first time seeing pro skaters live. Legendary. Legendary. We was got it ASA? See, it was ASA. Okay. We got to see this Julio do the sidewalk before we had seen it in any videos. Wow. We, we saw Ryan Jacklone. Um, although him and Dave Ortega missed their runs because they were eating hot dogs. <laughs> apparently, uh, Brian Smith sat in front of us with his wife. And it was a big deal because his, his like, his back touched our knees. He like leaned back and we were the groms in the stands. Like, Whoa. And uh, we watched him. There's a fall in fast shoes. That's incredible of Brian Smith, because I think he was trying oxygens and maybe was going to get a contract. We watched him like put them on in the stands and like walk down the stands and do a couple unity stalls on like this little wooden thing. And then he goes to hit the fly box. And because of the way the heel raise or the skate felt or whatever, it's this fall in fast shoes where he does this like double pump thing to a oh, forward yeah. roll and then puts his arms out. We got to see that. What? Um, yeah. And I think that was his first hit in the oxygens. Uh, hitting a fly box in brand new skates that aren't, that you're not sure about is not a good idea. That was we didn't see the box. car getting smashed. What's that? That was a huge fly box. Oh, it was even for my parents to see these guys hit a fly box like it was a thing to be able to three and five a fly box casually. And it was incredible to see it in person. Mm-hmm. So we had never skated anything like that. What were you about to say though about, um, 
don't know, you were about to say something, and then we started talking about fly boxes. <laughs> it might have oh, the appearance. Did I say that I we didn't see the car getting smashed? Oh, yeah, the cars, yet. Oh, you yeah. didn't see like that. Dave okay. Jarvis, Dave Jarvis, he's got that disaster far side soul. Um, mm-hmm. In the Rose's vert skates, I can't remember the name. We saw so much incredible skating, and that was like on top of the mad beef moment. That was like another one that kind of there's those moments that solidify your love for skating, and that was definitely one of them. We saw Spicer, Edwards. We saw pretty much all of the big names in person. We also got to see some Canadians there, um, which was to, cool to be able to see all those people in your face, like especially at that time when these people were like also on MTV and like these other things. And across over, I don't know. That's a that's a huge time, especially like that scene that you were at, because I remember seeing a lot of those tricks in the videos, like what you were talking about, Julio's sidewalk and a lot of the tricks from that time, and like Ryan doing like the Misty. And even though like I was like a little removed from that by like a year or so, like uh just looking at that from the time I was in skating, it seemed like so far back and so legendary. So it was just such an important uh time there for skating so it's cool that you were able to catch that and be a part of that i could see that having a huge impact oh jack loan's misty flip it's in fast shoes one of the mm-hmm. one of his nicer he did a lot of nice ones but the one in fast shoes is extra dope and i saw it in person and it's still burned into my mind like i it's it's a thing that'll pop up for no reason sometimes <laughs> it, you know it's awesome we had when we started jump street we were like Yo, this is a cool platform. Like we're friends with a lot of pros. It'd be cool to hear a lot of stories that pros have from back in the day that you might not have heard of. Like I might like John Julio talking about the IMYTA and stuff like that. But I never considered the Grom aspect of it. Like how you were a kid in the stands at this ASA, like the opposite end of the spectrum. And I kind of like that story more than all the pro stories, honestly. (laughs) It's it's, it's more relatable, I guess. Maybe that's why, because that's how we were too, you know? Yeah. And it kind of continued that whole way for our whole experience of skating. I think Todd pointed out that we've never really, we weren't really ever involved in the industry in any way. We made videos and stuff, but we had this far removed thing in Canada, which kept the joy and fun of skating quite close and just remained Groms pretty much the whole time. It's only weirder now that um, like you see people commenting on Instagram or you talk to certain people that you grow, grew up watching and how it's all connected is bizarre, but I do still just feel like that I have a part of me that's just that kid in the stands enjoying stuff, but now it's through my phone or on the computer. And it's also important, um, seeing skating live, I think is probably still a really important thing for, uh, for kids. When I think of how much of an impact that had on me. As far as like on a professional level or just in general, you mean? Just like, people seeing people who are really good at skating in person that if there's events and things where people are walking by because it was at the PNE so there was lots of people just walking through that would have stumbled across skating there was a lot of that stuff in the late 90s I guess Mm -hmm. more um, pedestrian friendly I guess you could say where yeah like all the all the NIS seemed like it was in or there was a lot of stuff at fairs and things like that all of our all of our canadian or amateur comps were always at like a fair or something although we had the the ones in 98 or 99 i think were in walmart parking lots so there wasn't a lot of um there wasn't a lot of spectators for those ones i thought that'd be huge i feel like everyone goes to walmart 
<laughs> yeah, like one of the it biggest was, hey, ads. This is the pre-Walmart day. Well, it wasn't the Walmart that we knew of now. Okay. I don't know much yeah. about Walmart, but uh, okay. <laughs> but um, that's like. No, but I, I remember we had like demos in in New York too. Like uh, they would like take like a city block or in front of like some skate shop, and uh, like people would come by. I remember Chris Edwards came by to one, and I agree, it's so important to like have people see like the people who you see in videos or the people who are at least like skating to a professional level or on that platform, just because it's. Uh, it's exciting. I remember being super, like, I can imagine how exciting that must have been for, for you and Todd. And I remember there, there was like, a, I think it was an X Games that came, or an, it was an ASA that came through to New York in like the 98 or 99 or something like that. And just seeing like Randy flying around doing like flat spins, big three, like flat spin 360s on like a launch box. And me just thinking like that kind of stuff was impossible. And like, you know, Josh Petty and all those guys, that stuff is, uh, has a huge impact, especially when you're like, you're young coming up. Mm-hmm. The fly box, especially the rollerblading is a great air sport. And I think we don't do enough of it because um, there's not a lot of fly boxes to hit, but fly box people who hit fly boxes confidently. So sick. Looks incredible on rollerblades. I, I kind of yeah. had a, not yes. Yeah, I, I was gonna say I had a kind of similar conversation with John, John slightly the other week at a uh, blading cup about that too. And I feel like, Billy, you might say something similar to what John John said, because I know you two are very similar. What were you going to say? No, you go ahead. I was going to go in a different direction. Okay. No, I, I was just going to say that I do agree <laughs> with you, Joey, that um, I think as far as a spectator standpoint, they can appreciate the airs and stuff more. And I kind of like went in and out of phases with that too. I personally like even skating fly boxes myself. I'm not the best at it, but I love just like boosting big airs and stuff. It's just fun to do. But I think people could, there's more of like a quote wow factor, I think for more people to see somebody like uh, Damon Franklin doing like huge 360s and backflips and stuff out of the Venice Beach uh, skate park. And even for myself, when I personally saw uh, Vert skating properly for the first time, I think it was... The LG games in, in Dallas. Billy, you were there for that one. Um, it was after yeah. one of the hoedowns. But that was the first time mm-hmm. I properly, I think, seen vert skating in person. And that was, as somebody who was skating for like 15 years at that point, that was completely mind-blowing to me watching uh, the Asutokos in person do 15-foot airs and Viking flips or whatever, California rolls. Like, that is completely, still to this day, doesn't make sense to me. But it's something that everybody should see in person. That stuff completely just makes you... Th- it puts skating at another level for somebody, especially if, after doing it for decades. No, yeah, I agree completely. I think that the uh, air aspect is so, especially for like crowds and like people looking in, just like to take advantage of that. There's so many different areas you can go in skating, which is kind of what I was I was gonna get into with uh, Joey. But um, yeah, it's uh, that the air aspect is super is like just incredible. Like, Look at one of our first guys, the airman, you know, and so many different air things like you were saying, the Yasutokos and everything from air to air, like front flipping over cars to like, you know, huge gaps of like Chris Haffey and and all these things. So I think the air aspect and like Eric Perquet kind of things, uh, it's a different kind of air, but these air aspects or different, you know, grabs, way you spin the body. But I want to get into Joey. uh a little bit about your philosophy because you were just saying, you know, I don't think we take advantage of the air aspect and it gets me to like, you know, I think a lot of your skating ethos is shown through your skating and everything you've like contributed throughout the years. And it's interesting. Like, um, I wonder where, if there was like a, a fork in the road where you're like, I'm just going to start experimenting things or if there, it, it was always that way. Um, 
was there like a point where you're like, I'm just going to start trying different. Uh, yeah. And a bit of your philosophy on skating. I know it's a bit of a big question, but. I have a weird origin story thing that came up. Um, my dad would be able to pinpoint when this was maybe grade one or grade two. Like I was really young and I was a shy kid, introverted kid for some reason in front of the entire school. I did a Michael Jackson air band to bad. And I did a bunch of, I just remember this barely cause I was so young, but I was doing a bunch of spinning around. Uh, cause that's what Michael Jackson did, I guess. And I went up on my toes a bunch. Um, and it was so weird to think of that. I do those two things on my skates that the first seed was planted somehow seeing Michael Jackson dance. <laughs> way back. So that's the very, no earliest. way. This is the, one of the best stories I ever heard, by the way. <laughs> but I didn't put that together for the longest time that I love that Michael Jackson went up on his toes. And one of my favorite things to do on big wheels is like that toe slide trick. So yeah. I have no idea if these things are planted into us when we're born, but um, a big thing. That's cool was, that that's one of your inspirations because that's a, I'm, I'm sorry, don't mean to. That's cool that that's one of your inspirations for that. I'm sorry, my, Joey. It's like really weird. The uh, oh, Michael Jackson oh being gosh. an inspiration to skaters. I haven't heard that one yet, I don't think, but I'm very happy I heard that, especially coming from somebody like you. <laughs> but it's not, I only just recently realized that that memory has something to do with skating later on. And like I said earlier, it was um, the feel, the speed of skating hockey, just the feel of being at the rink when nobody was there, just skating around was amazing. So when I discovered aggressive, I was definitely into it and into all the grind aspects and everything. But there was definitely a point kind of in the mid 2000s where, and I would do maybe a joke trick once in a while, or, or like a cess slide or a swivelly thing. But it was kind of the mid 2000s when I've said this before that there was not there I was as a fan of skating, there was some good stuff, but um, there was not a lot to grab onto. And that that may have been the era. It got a little weird where like, every picture in the magazine was jump on slide down. And some of the, the attitudes and it was like, look at how sick we are or we always made the joke look at how heterosexual rollerblading is <laughs> um, <laughs> that that it went so over the top that um i wanted to go more in the in the weird direction there also could have been you know a little bit of um bc cannabis discovering that helped loosen up the mind a little bit and, and the joke, like sometimes it was joke tricks and then, and then it just became this one time when I got REMS, the, the UFS REMS, the swivelly thing started to click more. And I just started doing that a lot and combining spinny stuff with grinds and stalls. And that was the initial thing, but the, the want, the need to do it came from, um, there wasn't a lot like that in skating that I would, I would watch videos hoping to see something weird or something that stood out. And you would see it once in a while, um, more maybe in the early 90s. Um, so I got more in touch with how I actually wanted to skate. It was somehow related to the Michael Jackson thing and then just enjoying the feel of skating and then maybe purposely pushing the grind thing 
away a bit more um, and just enjoying weird stuff and then maybe something to do with Canada and comedy. I'm not sure where that all fits in, but Canada and comedy. What do you mean? Like, like there were still things that we, we did creative tricks, but there were still some like we messed around on our skates and did joking stuff. And that's, there's something, there's a Canadian thing about not taking yourself seriously, but then at the t- same time being sincere. Um, and then people, are, they're not sure if you're joking or if you're not, there's something there. And I don't know what that is. It's a cultural Canadian thing in terms of like the torch that has been taken by Danny and express. There's like really good skating, but then there's, the comedy's kind of been there's funny stuff integrated into it because rollerblading is very it's pretty funny that's what made it extra funny when it took itself very seriously <laughs> that that it one of the a great quote i read on a message board once which captures kind of the mid 2000s era is, is when will rollerbladers realize that no matter how big they go nobody gives a shit and i thought that was really funny whether it's true or not, that's up to you. But I, I, we went bigger and bigger and bigger, like we were trying to prove something. And then a lot of the, the fun aspect of skating and the simple joy of skating, maybe more, like you said, on the Edwards side, that serious street skater thing, it really took over. That's a long winded answer. But this goes completely into something that I really wanted to talk to you about, which was after watching mb8 mushroom blading 8 if you haven't seen it check it out it's out on youtube uh linked in the video description below by the way but uh by watching any of your videos recent or from the past you could tell that you don't it seems like you don't take it too seriously and i'm curious how much of skating to you is serious and how much of it is just fucking around because you do a lot of messing around in your videos that's the weird part um we take it very seriously and we're still very obsessed with it um but like todd said on his podcast we just film a whole bunch of stuff and sometimes you just do something silly in the moment and it's funny we film all this skating and still we connect with doing that one silly thing like we could do a whole bunch of tricks have half an hour of footage of doing tricks but then the joke thing always ends up going in just because it's really funny you put it in you start laughing so there's quite a bit of serious skating obviously on a smaller level um there's trickless there's i i guess maybe because we came from backgrounds of team sports we still are extremely hard on ourselves mentally and we take it seriously but then that's also funny too so there's some joke tricks it's more just to spruce up the session if you are taking yourself too seriously to do a little joke thing, but we're, we're serious. <laughs> we t- it's, it's business. Like for lunchtime sessions, we get out of the car, we put our skates on, we're filming for 45 minutes. We pass the camera back and forth, film as much stuff as possible. It's serious, but at the same time, it's not. I love that answer and that whole aspect and the, the lunch sessions too. You do the same. I guess I remember Tom mentioned that too, when he, we had him on the show, um, that like he would go out skating on his lunch breaks and come back to work, like all sweaty and stuff from skating. You do the same thing too. It's the best. 
<laughs> it's like being retired from work for one hour. You come back a completely different person. You come back the to the sessions? office sometimes with this feeling in your head, like you guys don't know this feeling. Like I was just out skating and doing tricks, like going into meetings and things like that. You just feel like a more grounded, different person. It, and a lot of MB8, there were sessions that we filmed in the evening. A ton of that video was filmed on lunch breaks from work in 40 minute windows over a long period of time. You guys never wanted to like incorporate that into the video, into like the video parts, like anything about work or nothing. Cause I think that's truly uh, unique. I don't know too many people. I never heard of anybody else doing that really, except for you guys. I keep the, like the, the family world, the work world and the rollerblading world all very separate. So it helps the world of the video and skating to keep work separate for a long time. I think a lot of people at work didn't even know that this was a thing that I do, but. I will be wearing the mascot costume possibly in the future doing one rollerblading thing. I will be integrating it into my work. <laughs> wait, so what do you do? For oh, I work at a university. Sorry. Okay. So you also, but, yeah. wait, isn't that what Todd does also? He works at a marketing agency in town. Okay. So he was talking about you when he said you worked at a university then, I guess. I remember something yeah. about a school involved. Okay. Yeah. So you're going to wear the mascot costume. <laughs> yeah. It's like, a, isn't it a mascot thing to, to, have skates on and, and do a trick. So, um, I finally offered up my services after seven years. Is, are you going to actually just do, do one? I'm going to do one thing. I don't want anybody to, to ask a bunch of times. I want to give them one thing. So I hope, I hope everybody, I hope the rollerblading culture is okay with that. I'll try and make it look good, but what is the mascot? What's the costume? It's Wolfie. It's a wolf. Okay. Uh, the team is the wolf pack. So. Maybe just like a wheel slide or something. We'll see. Are you talking about in a game or just like? No, like own? something just for social media. Like okay. I think they started a TikTok account. So like okay. mascots are huge on TikTok. So why not? <laughs> that is very interesting. I can't wait for that to happen. <laughs> Did you ever see the video of the, uh, it was like a viral video of like a, a T-Rex, I guess, at like some basketball game on roller rollerblades going down the bleachers and then he like falls and busts his ass you ever see that yeah it was amazing because the inflatable thing kept like <laughs> oh yeah that's what it was. <laughs> like bouncing up and down that's what it was yeah i remember it's watching funny. that and being I, in tears i still have this side of me that 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 wants rollerblading to look really good and every once in a while i'll see something like a mascot i'll think <laughs> Oh, this just makes rollerblading look like a joke thing. But it, but in some ways, it's a fun tool to do lots of different things. So it doesn't have to be the same as the most core street skating video. It's okay a mascot can wear rollerblades. Do you know what I'm talking about? I definitely agree. <clears throat> no, I, I, I totally do. I think, I think like that was a lot of like the idea put forward, like kind of going against the core. Uh, way that are like the old kind of traditional uh, yeah, core street skater vibe. Um, do you think that's something that was like actively you were like, I'm going to push against this because like you were saying, like skating lost its fun because like it's, I, I was thinking about Austin's question. It's pretty good. Like, do you take it serious or not? Like, obviously you take it very seriously. You put a lot of time and energy into skating and you, you're really good at skating. And so is Todd. Um, but at, at times it does seem like you, it could be taking a, uh, a piss or like making a joke at something, but, um, 
there seems to be like a, that idea behind it just to like show like you can have more fun with blading, right? Yeah. Sometimes it just feels good to do that. And yeah, we were laughing because there's that one section with the Dylan Cooper song that has that looks like we're making fun of skating, but then it'll have like a really nicely performed trick. And I just, I think that's an important thing. And, and it's also just getting to a certain point. You've been doing it for so long that it feels good to do that sometimes. Um, and yeah, a lot of that stuff, you know, we're not going to run that joke into the ground, but some of that stuff comes from that era of where skating took itself really seriously. Cause even back in the, t in the mid two thousands, we'd be watching some of these videos and, and looking at magazine photos and stuff. And as fans, it, some of this stuff would be really funny, how serious skating was. And I, I totally get it. Oh, my light went out. I, I totally get it, but there was nothing to go against that. And I know mushroom blading one, I think people, maybe we were trying way too hard to push against the grain, came on a little too strong, um, but it was purposeful. Yeah. I remember going to barn burner and watching some videos where I, I had this feeling, is this even the same thing that I do that I'm into that I, that like, I felt like when I was watching barn burner, that it was a separate activity. I still enjoyed seeing the tricks, but, um, it had nothing to do with how I looked at skating personally. So, a lot of the mushroom blading stuff is just following that of like, what, what do, what, what do I want to see? How do I want to skate while still remaining a fan and historian of skating? Like I, I could probably take, uh, quite a few people in, in rollerblading trivia. I would do very well for myself. So as much as I push against it or, or poke fun at it, I'm a huge fan of it at the same time that I'm just a giant Grom. Wow, that's uh, that's crazy! Like to to make it like a distinction like that. You were at the barn burn, and you were like, "Is this even the same thing that I do?" Wow, that's pretty profound. I'll tell yeah. you one thing that saved me. I did a I did a swivel like a three sixty swivel to Macchio. I did it really nice. One of the best ones I've done. Eric Shrine came up and gave me props and said that it was super sick. But in, that was like one of the very few interactions I had that week. I remember being like so nervous and weirded out by the atmosphere of like the skating was incredible, but it was it was a hungry atmosphere. People were very serious. So props to Shrine. I'll always remember that. Hmm. That's a really cool Grom experience, too. You had a lot of these cool Grom stories. Yeah, it wasn't even a Grom then. I was a what, uh, 2005, maybe. Still a Grom. But like Grom we for were life. just we're all starting Groms to for release. Life. What's that? We're all Groms for life. We are. Well, that's why we're here doing this. Exactly. <laughs> Me and Billy Grom in the fuck. So out you right must now. have liked. Do <laughs> exactly. You you, you must have liked uh, Dominic Sagona skating a lot then. That might might have been it, like more your style during that time. Uh, the USD tour video era, Dominique and some of his stuff in words, and then the second regime section one of the best of all time like so futuristic um so loose um and and i'm tall so i can't imitate that style but we were very inspired by it todd todd's got the sagona style much closer than me the sagona influence um abstract 540s 
Yeah, like <laughs> that was the kind of thing that seeing that section, that's what I was waiting for. For So I was waiting for more things like that. It's definitely happening now all the time where I'm surprised by rollerblading. But that was one where you watch that and you think, yes, this is what I've been hoping for. Like this is what I imagine people really good at rollerblading completely breaking outside of the box and going their own way. Mm. That's a great the, person that's source influence from. Like you were mentioning uh, just before, um, or just a second ago, that people are doing it more nowadays. Are, are you finding it easier to be a fan nowadays? Or are you saying you're surprised by it now? I, yeah, I'm just, I'm a huge fan of everything that's happening. Um, I get surprised, well, especially in the past few years. Um, it's so, yeah, so many surprising things. I love it. At the same time, there's there's still a little bit of, it's really not that hard to be creative on skates, but I know it's hard to get into the mindset. Um, something like Colin Martin's, the 25 cent dirt box edit is similar to the Sagona one where it's like it came out and it just completely... It, it completely not blew minds, but changed. He just did that one thing with the, with the stalls and some of his skating made, made you think like, I can't believe nobody's thought of that yet. So I think there's a lot of that still left to go, but in terms of how creative skating is being integrated with traditional skating is probably one of my favorite things right now. Cause I, I think I'm not, I'm not a very good skater. I'm average at best, possibly below. I just really love to do it. So when I watch people who are really good, um, integrate creativity into their skating, um, it's really fun to watch. It's exactly where, what we wanted out of skating and watching skating. Todd said at the end of mushroom blading one, that in 10 years, there'll be people doing really weird tricks. I think he referenced that, but. We're here. It's good. Even, um, yeah, Bellino in the Mesmer, he's getting a little bit looser and integrating things, but it still looks like Bellino doing it in his own way. Loved it. And unexpected. Like, it was surprising seeing Bellino integrate some of that stuff that never would have flown, um, I don't know, five years ago? Ten, definitely not. Yeah, I, I think I think a lot of that, Bellino influence came like from him skating with Dominic a lot and Dominic being experimentational in that way. And I think a lot of that experimentational stuff actually stems down to like you guys kind of opening the door there in a lot of ways. Um, it's funny because when you think about the core time in skating, you know, it's it was very much in that way. But I think it took like it takes courage to try something outside of that because like we were so vulnerable or at the time or like worried like yes please believe we're heterosexual or whatever you say like that joke or something like really trying to prove our uh our worth through like you know doing whatever gnarly stuff at the time but i think it you know um did, did you find that like feeling when you were like starting to experiment with that stuff was there like insecurities in the beginning it's funny because you referenced was it on yan's podcast which was a really good listen by the way um were you talking about like when you got to a skate park, you'd be in this like fight or flight mode sometimes like, like Trump wanting well, to yeah, prove because... yourself, like, like wanting to show that skating yeah. is amazing. Right. Yeah. Like I, 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 there, there was a moment when 
it was not that when I was a kid, but we were, it was getting to be a certain point and we were starting to feel some of that energy. And so we'd just go to the skate park and instead of like focus on having fun skating, we were just like skate maybe as fast as we can doing like really fast Royales and like jumping off or like trying to do bigger things. Just, I don't know. It was, uh, we were trying to prove ourselves a lot at that time. Well, we did that too. In that like, way. That's the thing is, In that it way. was something about the filming of the videos wanting to do weird or surprising things that I would do some of that stuff when the camera wasn't on, but I do have memories of being at Vancouver skate parks or at the Camel skate park that we would actually skate quite traditional. And in that I'll never forget, um, our friend Brian from Vancouver when, when he said like, do you ever feel like when you're at skate Plaza, this one in Vancouver that you have to like prove yourself to the people there. And it, it, it's funny it, that, that, feeling of wanting to like do a really long grind or or land a little bit harder or uh i don't know assert yourself in the skate park it's funny i i I imagine the spectator i wonder if it made us look even worse sometimes that we were trying so hard maybe maybe we looked really good i don't know i just remember i i I think i think you're right it probably made us look worse because it made us look like you know insecure in that way and I think there were some times where it was like, it wasn't always like that. There was like genuine fun, but there were times, you know, you're like one of two or three bladers at a park and there's like all these skateboarders and you're trying to carve your way out and you're, and you're finding your little path and they're not respecting you. So you're like, let me skate in a way that'll maybe get some respect or something like that. And it's just, yeah, it's was part of like the mindset, I think. Yeah. I have a, I have a, memory of there was this kid sitting on the ledge at uh, the Kamloops park. There's this thing, the snow speeder with a short ledge. And I was rolling by and he said like, do a double heel click, which is actually something now that has been integrated, the double heel click. But he was saying it more as a joke. This would have been in the mid two thousands. And I remember circling back around and going over the snow speeder and just kicking his board out of his feet and said, how was that? And then I think five minutes <laughs> later, my empathy is so intense that I was like, sorry about that, man. <laughs> but like I hated that feeling I don't feel it at all now and I think also I'm more relaxed when I skate I think everybody is we're older we're smarter mm-hmm. um, I think skating looks amazing for a lot of the people who are good that do it but like all of that stuff has gone away um, and I'll do weird shit like I don't I don't even care I do weird stuff traditional stuff um, it's funny how that faded over time probably because the world changed and is more accepting of all stuff. I think it's more than, yeah. like I said, more than one thing, but I still see that in other sports too. I'll go to skate parks or skate spots and I see other people in other sports trying to be that person that like show off kind of mentality. And I think they're just trying to be like, this is our skate park. This is our spot. You know, we're going to take this over real quick. And um, maybe it's a different mindset now, but it's the same effect or it look comes off the same way. I think regardless of what they're, what point they're trying to make, you know, I still see it now. I think now probably people are just really confused that Todd and I show up and do a bunch of stuff. First try. Don't miss a lot. We're really serious. We film it all and we leave very quickly. <laughs> and they're probably like, what was that? Yeah, I want to I want to go back to what you said. You said that you're not that good of a skater before. I was like laughing in my head as you said that cuz I think you and Todd are some of the best skaters out even now to this day. 
And I've been a huge fan of whatever you guys have been doing for almost since you started mushroom blading. But I would say the last couple of years more so, um, probably because I'm more open to different types of skating and stuff. But I've watched your videos more than any, almost any other videos online now. I feel like that the term we used to like, what was it like burnt like play the tape to the end whatever the fuck it was i, I can't think of the term now but like play vhs like back to back how many times you've seen fast shoes how many times have you watched like hoax or vg whatever like i feel like i don't do that that much um these days on youtube it's not like i, I don't know just a different meaning but like i watch mushroom baiting videos like non-stop back to back and you guys know what you're doing i'm curious how how people like you said like how they react to you because some of the stuff you do might come off like to them like oh they're just like messing around whatever but then you guys are flying around the skate park like you said lacing everything super confident and it's definitely the hockey background because you know how to actually like skate skate like rollerblade like not just wobble around like you're cruising through cutting it up and everything and i think that shows more than the tricks that you're actually doing like that you know how to actually skate and rollerblade yeah it could be that i'm not maybe i'm not good i've just spent a lot of time on skates um and in terms of reactions you still get stuff of people there's younger people who don't even know that you can grind on skates people that have never seen it um and surprisingly this this was brought up on another podcast but uh wizard skating attracts more attention than aggressive i found that people separate the two um aggressive is like great at the park for um yeah, it captures some people's attention, but sometimes you get really weird people stopping to watch or asking about what it is. And I, I'm not sure if it's because it looks more accessible to the untrained eye. Um, but I don't know. Did that answer the question? I hope it did. I don't know if it actually was a question. It was more of a statement, but that was, oh, okay. a, good, that was a good point that you made. And um, uh, yeah, no, that, there was no question. <laughs> I don't think there was a question anyway. <laughs> No, I, I can see people making a to the untrained eye making a distinction because of just like the movements are different and the setup is different and it looks different. So, I, I can I can see how that is. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's just the way it's going. Now, we get... It's more accessible. You, Billy, yeah. you've mentioned this a few times in the podcast too. How you feel like it's more accessible too because skating went a different way than throwing yourself down a a, a thirty stair kink drop rail or whatever. Right. Exactly. Which I love no, to watch. It's true. Yeah, no, it's great. <laughs> um, I actually want to get into how you got into wizard skating and like everything like that. And but um, I want to talk about yeah. I guess you weren't the first podcast. There was Rolling Revival, but uh, getting into the podcasting and and the making videos in general, or because like you know going back to Austin's question about uh, do you take it serious or not? Like it's you know look at all your work. It's it's obvious how serious you take it. Look at everything that's uh, you put into it. So what made you feel the need to start that and call it mushroom blading podcast or mushroom blading? It's actually the Where how to be unpopular end? podcast. Yes. I like how to be People always call it mushroom blading though. But, um, that was, it was cause podcasting was quite new. Um, and it was really fun to use technology like this to either solo podcast. Like I said, not, I wasn't able to talk about skating at work. And I don't like talking my wife's ear off on it. So it was a really good outlet to talk unedited about skating, uh, talk to people in the history of the sport. And the videos was just, mushroom blading was always videos first. 
no matter what the videos was always the obsession part of skating. The podcast was kind of a bonus. And then I guess because not a lot existed at the time, maybe more people may have known us through the podcast or liked the podcast and not connected with the videos. And then the social media thing was also a huge accident. So a lot of the stuff, a lot of it got bigger or connected with people just because we're pretty obsessive about doing it. Um, and just consistent. Like I said, the fact that you guys continued to do Jump Street, it's very important for skating, no matter what the vision is, to just continue making stuff. Um, I love the feeling of putting out a new video or a podcast or a Patreon video. It's definitely, I'm not sure if it's a healthy outlet or um, un unhealthy obsession. It might go between the two, but um, sometimes it feels like there's a force outside of us that is like pushing pushing the obsession or i'm not sure i i still think it's that you get a feeling from doing this stuff that you can't get anywhere else and the outlet just feels so good to keep doing um and you know maybe it's blade god maybe blade god is real <laughs> he could be <laughs> it could be i mean he you are close to, if, if it is true then you are close to the blade god being north of the border over there so that could be part of it and so tall like i can't i can't turn it off oh. still it i could just gotta say i was in a i was in like a team building exercise today where we were doing have you guys done myers-briggs before the personality test no i haven't no okay never mind i'm i i'm infp if anybody wants to know um but i was looking at the table and i wanted to topsoil it while this thing was happening and it's just <laughs> it just never turns off I don't know if I have to see somebody about it or if it's just, this is who I am. No, that's a great point. I don't know if I talked about this on a podcast or I talked about it with somebody else in person, but I remember a friend of mine who stopped skating for a number of years and then came back to it. And he was like hanging out at a session one time. We were all skating together and he was just like, yo, that'll never leave you. Like this whole time, this like 10 year hiatus I took off, whatever. I'd be like going in and out of buildings, like work, whatever. I'd be like, oh, that's a sick route. I would love to like soul grind that or whatever. He's like, that feeling will never leave you. And I always picture myself, like, are we really going to be 60, 70 years old, like outside of like our senior centers? Like, oh, this ledge is dope. I would love to like blast a front side on this. Like we're really going to have that for the rest of our lives. That's I feel like that's never going to change. Well, we've all got this far, which that's we're what I'm the saying, first yeah. We're the yeah, we're the first generation, so it's only we can take it as far as we want, really. Mm -hmm. That's that's where I think um, the idea of like a, I don't want to be on it, but Billy, you might have to be on it. Some industry people having like a council, like people who really want to be in this for a long time, should be organizing and have the best interests of like because I know everybody wants to do it into their fifties and sixties or or be a part of a company because like yeah, we got. I'm almost 40 and I still feel like that, that kid that loves skating. Um, and it never take, never taking a break, making a video every single year. And there's a lot of people right now in the same boat. Um, I love that there's so many people that are skaters that are, have companies or are contributing in some way. Um, and it wasn't like that before we were all younger people who really liked it, who had, uh, middlemen or people above not controlling it, but running it or making decisions. So I love it. Well, of course we can be here at 60 or 70. Also, you know, science, 
maybe cyborg legs maybe we, legs. maybe we can bring hammers back when we're 60 and 70 with like but then again will they count as hammers if we're using bionic uh you know cyborg enhancements or anything and also we don't have drug testing in um in rollerblading so you know people could be filming very sick sections with uh testosterone supplements you know whatever you need <laughs> are you encouraging this <laughs> no i'm not I'm not I'm, I'm just saying there's no drug testing in <laughs> video making <laughs> just not not until we make it to the olympics or whatever if that <laughs> okay ever sorry yeah i'm not advocating anything sorry <laughs> if that ever i happens. hope i don't get you demonetized by suggesting no, I, I wasn't insinuating that i was just uh, i didn't know where you were going with that in all honesty so <laughs> i was just trying to see where your head was i'm like wow mb8 was filmed on like all these like supplements and shit like <laughs> i'm not there yet i'm open to it though i'm mm. open to it you're open to it okay i feel like this i mean, I mean now i feel it. like now i feel like looking at todd it might be i don't know <laughs> i know you guys I are like I'm, todd and mba i don't think so you guys i mean i should ask him no, I'm, I'm kidding. Um, yeah, that's really interesting. Uh, the idea of uh, like a commission. I've, I've always thought of that like being a really, really important thing. And I think if there was a commission, you should be on it because you cl clearly uh, do have Blading's best interest in mind. So I think, uh, yeah, a group of 10, 12. I remember mentioning it uh, back in the day to a, to a few people. And they, they said, oh, we already tried that back in the WRS days yeah. and kind of threw in the towel with that. But maybe it'd be cool to try again um, in, in like a different way. Like you said, people who you know are definitely have Blading's best interest in mind. That's a pretty good idea. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm projecting my like adult side onto skating by wanting that, but I feel like it would be a good idea. Because, uh, yeah, working at a university, you always hear about committees and boards and things like that. And I know... They maybe tried to do one at a bitter cold showdown. They tried to have an industry meeting, and I don't think it. Yeah, see, I don't know if it went over well or what happened, but yeah. I, I feel like it would work better now. Um, yeah, they did have that for a while, and and from my understanding, um, everybody just had their own company's best interest in mind, and not the best interest of the sport as a whole. And I think that's where the problem lied. But I guess it depends on who you have on the board. At that time, I believe it was all uh, company owners. But maybe now it could just be enthusiasts, you know, filmmakers, company owners as well. It could be a mix of everything. Um, but if you have like the owner of like every boot brand or something like that, it, it might not work as good. I mean, there's different mindsets too in people nowadays. Like Billy's a company owner now. Um, John Julio is as well. So it, there's people who actually... Uh, see both sides of it and, and want the sport to genuinely succeed, not just their business to succeed. Yeah, I think the communication between those companies would go a long way. You don't necessarily have to work together, but at least at least talking about uh, things that have the best interest of the sport. Because I will bring up one thing I'm a little worried about, you guys. I'm a little worried about. Uh oh. There's a lot of skates coming out. I heard Lawrence talking about it on his podcast. There's a lot of aggressive skates coming out. Um, I hope there's enough people to buy them and I hope they sell quick, but like skate release schedules, like if companies were kind of, I don't know, working together on that one, um, like, should it be staggered out every six months? Yeah. I don't know. That's just a one of the conversations that the board could have. You could be like, look, we made too many skates at the end of the 2021, early 2022 season. Should we consider having, 
um, one or two standard models that are that you can restock, like not changing the colors or anything. That's a whole thing. <laughs> no, it's an interesting like, are, topic. Are, do we are we a bunch of mid thirties people that that buy multiple skates, or are there younger people buying skates, or is the COVID bubble done? We won't know, but I I think this this Christmas with all these skates coming out. Um, there'll be a lot of conversations on, on how it goes. I could be wrong and everything could sell out, but it was that skates were selling and, and so many things were sold out. People were trying to get back into skating and there weren't skates available. And now this is the reaction to all of that. We're not actually sure how it's going to go. There's, I think there's 14 aggressive skate brands, which is a lot. Really? Which is great if you want to find a skate. I hope everybody finds a skate. If you don't find a skate that you like right now, I feel bad for you because there's pretty much every option that you could want. Wow. Yeah. We uh, we just lost Billy right now, so I'm not going to cut to the wide shot until we get yeah. him back in here. But um, I, I, it's very interesting that you say that. And you know how um, there's different awards every year that like people vote on or for whatever? Uh, It'd be interesting if somebody held one of those and just did like a like a survey kind of thing to see these statistics of like how many skates people are buying, how old people are, how much money do you typically spend on skate products and stuff like that. I feel like all that information is extremely helpful. And, you know, people are voting for these awards at the end of every year. It could be the same thing as like research development to, for brands to ask these questions, because the more you know about your clientele, obviously, the better your product's going to be. So... But yeah, it would be amazing if the yeah the shops and the, and the brands all knew more of that stuff because mm-hmm. um, I don't think we do. I've always wanted to know. I don't think so either. I don't know that for sure, but I'm just saying that based on the fact that I've never gotten a survey like that. <laughs> like, I never gotten asked any of these questions, and I've been Daily Bread. For- they have tried to do one. One of the magazines tried to do one way back when, and it must have been to do with WRS. That like mm-hmm. it is really hard to know. How many people are skating? What age are you? Are you coming back from a break? Or we don't even know. Or maybe, I don't know. Do you know, Billy? No, I don't know. Uh, I definitely want to start getting out there and doing more like things that you were talking about, like back in the day, just demos. And I think it would be cool to work together with like other companies in doing that, like have a bunch of riders from each company go out and not necessarily compete and do the gnarliest thing, but kind of interact and engage with like the community and get people on skates because it's just about, um, yeah, opening up and exposing to uh, a new generation. I think that's happening to some degree, but I think we can do a, a better job there. But um, but yeah, I mean, we'll see. But I, I think there we're at a place not where, oh, blading's back, but I think we're at a place where there's an opportunity for blading um, if the, if we continue to put in maybe a lot of that ground level work and a lot of that work that like, you know, you're contributing to like, and we're all doing our best to just participate in. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Companies working together would be very important in the next couple of years. That'd be sick seeing like a tour of demos. Like, I, I feel like I said something similar to this before, but like your idea, Billy, also of getting people from different um, riders from different companies, like one or two from each team to represent whatever it is and have demos in like Walmart parking lots or whatever it is, because I feel like that's a good way to get spectator eyes on the sport 
and people are still surprised when they see it nowadays at the skate park. They'd be even more surprised they seen it at the parking lot at their, you know, Macy's or whatever it is, whatever you have in your town, you know, Walmart or whatever, maybe Target. Um, I, I was in a, where was I, Helsinki years ago? And and, and uh, at, at the mall, they had uh, a car in the courtyard of the mall and a bunch of like maybe 10 skateboarders um, with a lawn tramp over it, trying to grind it or flip over it. And it was hilarious because I, I filmed it and put it on Instagram, I think. And it was like this continuous <laughs> clip, like a minute long and no one landed anything. But there was the biggest crowd ever crowded around watching. Everybody in the mall was huge. And they had like a game of skate in the middle of the mall also. So like everybody on all the levels could look over and watch the game of skate. And it was like nothing was going on and all these people were watching it. So if that was like skaters landing their tricks or like people like Damon doing like his front flips or whatever, I think that would be such an eye catching uh, series or event, whatever. And a lot, turn a lot of people into skaters or sell skates for all these other brands. Yeah, definitely. It seems easy enough to do. I don't know. I mean, I've never looked into it, whatever, but it it seems like reasonable to to do. Yeah. That that, that seems like it makes sense for sure. Um, you you said it a couple times on the episode, and uh, I figure like it's it seems obvious, but you seem to make a point out of it. So I'm curious, like your thoughts on it, if you could like elaborate further about um, if you're doing something, just continue to do it. Uh, why do you see the importance of that? Do you? I mean, I I see there was a lack of that a long time in skating, a lot of starting things, ending things. But why do you think it's important to like stick through it, no matter what it is that you're doing? Well, it feels good to be consistent to keep putting effort into one thing. Um, there was a, there was a hockey coach that said, uh, hockey is like a bank. You only get out of it, what you put into it. Rollerblading is the same. And I also think that rollerblading is a, is a gift. And if you don't respect it, it will leave you. So I think people who stop things might get more jaded on it easily. Or if you, if you don't have the, that momentum of keeping going with the project i I think the the love or the joy of skating can can fade out so even if you do stop something i think starting something new that sparks the joy is really important i think as long as whatever the project is that you're keeping going with as long as you you get the joy from it and you're enjoying skating through it that's really important i guess maybe some people started things for the wrong reason or or didn't think of the long term there's always a dip that you have to get through where you start something and it feels really good. And then there's a dip where you have to put more work in and it might be more mundane, but then it always goes up. Um, Just being Groms from Canada, obsessed with making videos and podcasts. um, I don't know. I I feel like it's weird to be in this spot because I am just a Grom from Canada who loves to skate who's obsessed with making videos. So it just goes a long way if you keep going, but something will happen or people will find it that, that attaches with it. Um, if you, especially if you're being honest with what you connect with in skating and what you like, people will find it and connect with it. And the more the merrier, more styles, more visions. I always, I always think about that when I read um, negative comments and things that it's like, there's a very good chance you're just stumbling across the wrong video. Like I can suggest something in skating that you will definitely connect with these days because there's so much to connect with no matter what you're into. Have you heard of people not connecting like that? 
But I think there's, you know, on on just recently on the the them videos, there's there was, I think the same guys commenting the same comment, watching every video about how they don't like it, and it's like you don't you can just watch something different. Mm. Um, yeah, that that I think uh, hate watching is a real thing on YouTube, which is why I started oh, the yeah. Patreon. I started the Patreon because I didn't want to make these tech nerdy videos available on YouTube because I think there would be people who watch, would watch them just to not like them. That is a weird thing, but I know it's not just in skating. I think people it's a thing and do general. that with television shows and things yep. like they're they're They don't like it, but they keep going back to it. Yeah, it's like a I don't know what the, yeah, music. Like, yeah, I was saying like if you go to music videos and stuff, there's I can't think of one exactly right now, but if you go to like certain music videos, um, there'll be like you know like ten thousand thumbs downs on it on YouTube. You know, like are people like obviously if you don't like it, you came here to watch it. You know, if you don't, if you really don't like it, you wouldn't have gone to the video, gave it a thumbs down. You know what I mean? So <laughs> that is a thing people love to hate. It's real. Deep down, they might actually really like it. They Could might be. just be afraid to say it. They might they might feel really good if they just admit that maybe they do enjoy it. We'll see them in Reading some of those hate comments though, it's sometimes if it's not abusive, it could be like funny. Oh, this yeah. one person on the last video left uh, a comment that said, um, I remember rollerblading back in nineteen ninety-five. Everyone said it was gay. And uh it was extinct like the dinosaurs. I don't know how this popped up on my feed, but rollerblading in 2021, still gay. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, all right. And then I love clicking sometimes to see like the profile. Like I love seeing who it is. Some, a lot of the times on YouTube, it's anonymous, but then a lot of the times it'll be like, uh recordings of them playing video games and shit on YouTube. And then it's like, okay, I think I know. I think I have a good idea of who this is, but on, on other social media, you, you, you click on the person you're like, Oh yeah. Okay. You're over 40. You're overweight. Um, like sometimes people pictures with their families and stuff. It's like, okay, I guess you are just blowing off some steam right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a logical reason behind all of it's it. Weird. And it's, I don't know. I don't know how you could justify it in any way, but I guess it is kind of funny. Kind of blow off some steam, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, like you're saying. Just... <laughs> but it, it's funny that it's funny that you said like you go to look to see who the person is that's hating on it or something like that. It's like when somebody when he's like a shitty driver on the road and you pull over just to see what they look like. Like it's not going to do anything, but like you just have to see what they look like. <laughs> I'm always so curious. And it's usually the same guy or the same type of guy almost every single time. Like, um, you know, the 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 meme all the people with sunglasses in their cars and it and it says uh, you're about to get a hot take in the local news comment section on facebook it's like a bunch of pictures of people with sunglasses in cars um that's like that's the guy all the time <laughs> sunglasses in cars guys heavy yeah i mean let them do what they're gonna do now now this is uh you know it's all it's all love it's all love it, it's funny though <laughs> Um, I, I still have like a lot of stuff I wanted to ask about some of it's just like fun bullshit. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you was a conversation came up a while ago with me and some buddies and we were talking about who has like the best certain tricks, whatever. And 
the best Mizu came up and we were all thinking, we're like, no one really does have the best. Well, we couldn't think of anybody who had like the best Mizu. Like no one's really known for having like a sick Mizu, you know, but like you came right to mind. I feel like your Mizus are like on a completely other level than anybody else's Mizus. And I'm curious who you think has a good Mizu in the industry. Cause I couldn't, we there was like five or six of us and no one could really put out like a good Mizu. Uh, Seth Miner, smell the glove. That's a good one. The bonus section. Um, Is that your inspiration? Long ass Mizu three out. Mm -hmm. Yep. Probably one of the nicest ones ever done. And as I got older, I always I didn't like being a tall skater, but I discovered that sweat stance and Mizu is a is a is beneficial to being taller and having longer legs. It made so much sense when I found out Seth Miner was I think he's around six feet. So the the classic sweat stance photo and the Mizu in Smell the Glove. He just slides for so long, but it's something to do with having longer legs and the bend. There was also one in, uh, I don't know if it's VG9 or VG8, the forward section, the Lenny Kravitz song, Dominique something. He's got K2s and he's in flat. It's one of the nicer ones too. Latimer had a good one. Latimer had a good one yeah. too. It, it didn't necessarily blow my mind good but it was a good one i feel like sweaties are easier to make look better than a mizu um that's why like, i specified the mizu because i can think of good sweat stances um but yeah like jaggers had a banging sweaty and stuff like that but i never seen like a flat mizu that looked that good that really stood out i was curious what you thought um who you thought or drew inspiration for your mizus were because if anyone hasn't seen joey's mizus check him out <laughs> they used to be really yeah. bad too they used Did to that... be really close together, yeah, when I was younger. <laughs> I think the key is the, I could be wrong, but your knee to your front foot helps a the, good Mizu. The key if you to have a good, good knees. Yeah, if you have, well, having good knees is important, but the key yeah. to a good Mizu is that you're just imagining, I just imagine I'm doing a sweat stance, if that makes any sense. The way I lean on it and lock it. Yeah, you do it And like the way that. I press into it. Like uh, even on a ledge, I imagine I'm doing a sweat stance and the world is flipped sideways, if that makes sense. <laughs> that makes sense. That's an interesting way to look at it. I got to try that. Yeah, that, that, is, that is a cool way to look at it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I picture so you get in that way. Yeah. I picture it now. It's like a near side sweaty kind of. Yeah. When you do it. Yeah. That's really good. That's a fun way to look at it. It's fun to explore like different ways of doing like the same trick and uh, or like different ways of doing the same trick as you guys have obviously explored a lot um i'm curious when, when you look at skating now do you feel partially responsible for like the contribution that you see out there because i think that a lot of that stuff stemmed from you guys but i'm just curious if like you feel that way i don't i don't know i don't think so no i think other people oh i guess so there's just other people who who are were more talented um these things and then they got absorbed like uh sean keen or scott blackmore there's a lot of names that pop up of people who like maybe got inspired by something but then did it on aggressives or integrated it in a way that maybe we didn't there's like a few things um over the years even like even the one foot one of my favorite tricks is the one foot fast slide wheel slide um B-Love apparently used to do those all the time. And it, he called it a, a Kopi Luwak after that. There's the the coffee that um, 
the beans, the little animals poop it out. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? Lewak. Yeah. He, so he hit me up one time and said that he used to do that all the time, but it it wasn't something that was captured in a video as far as I know. Um, so, and a lot of it still is, we borrowed pieces, bits and pieces of, of videos. Um, there was always this stuff in skating that we just borrowed, um, and, and made our own. And then like, not all of our experiments worked, but in terms of, I guess, doing it long enough where it, where it got absorbed more possibly, but it's just still weird to think about, um, if we had a big influence, I'm not sure. Maybe the wizard thing was when it really started to, cause the wizard style was like, um, more powerful, more speed, um, that it actually looked different than aggressive skating. And maybe that's had more of an influence than us in aggressives. Although we love skating both now. Yeah. You, you guys do like the whole spectrum, like you'll skate, um, anti-rocker setups and then you'll skate like five wheel setups sometimes. So it's just like whatever mood you're in, you, you, you try it out. Like, do you guys, when you go on your, your lunch sessions, do you, you're like, all right, we're going to do five wheels today. We're going to do an anti-rocker session today. Like, is it, is yeah. it like that or what? Yeah, there's always a there's there's a text uh, the night before about what the setup's going to be or what, what we're <laughs> thinking. Usually we're usually we're on the same page, and I will say that MB seven and eight might be the first videos in skating. I'm not totally sure where it's we skate everything. Um, MB eight maybe even more that we did anti flat fifty five. Flat 65, five wheel wizards, 90 millimeter, 100 millimeter, <clears throat> wish, both version, versions of the wish. Um, we skated pretty much every wheel size. The only one we didn't do would be cool to explore just a, just a standard like four by 80 again with no rock or anything like the standard free skate setup. But that is so fun. And Todd, Todd used the, the golf bag um, analogy, if that's the right word. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think of them as musical instruments, like mm-hmm. where you can get different shapes and sounds out of your your skates is kind of how I think of it. Yeah, um, I, I love that term, that that <clears throat> analogy, because that's it, yeah. it is true as the case. And Todd uses like I like the Todd's analogy, like the, the, the golf, like he sees it like using like different instruments for different things or. Oh, we lost him again. <laughs> All right, we're going to make you we'll make you Billy for now. Um, yeah, <laughs> I just uh, want to tell everybody I have one of the nicest five forties in rollerblading history. Now that I'm in Billy O'Neill's window in accidental machines, you know, the one, I just want to claim it. Did he do it in both ways? Oh no, that was truth too. Okay. Hang on. Let me, let me get him back in here. Uh, this is going to be messy for a little bit. Hang on. Let me see. No problem. Uh, I can go back over. Uh, yeah. I got to sw- swap you around like this. Hang on. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't know what's going on with my uh, my internet like today. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, hang on. We'll go boom. I don't know what's going on with my internet today. And then we oh, go. Here we go. Nope. I could, okay, there we go. I had, it's like playing. Okay. Yeah, sorry about that. Chairs. I don't know what's going on. Don't know what's going on with my internet today. No, it's okay. But good. um, no, I think I, I agree. It's like uh, musical instruments or like uh, different golf clubs for different things or like a tool set. Like tools do different things for a different job. Like, um. And it's cool to have like all those things connect and be able to like toy around with all those new um, ways to skate. I think like the the thing that's 
that's cool about it is you always get to be a rookie if you want to be. You always get to have something new if you approach skating yeah. this way. And it's and it's fun to like, um, you know, for me, I've just been like seeing and like discovering like these these new ways. And yeah, it's really it's really cool. Like, um, I don't know. Yeah. So yeah, thank I you will. for contributing to that as well. Oh, no problem. I will say living in a small town with not a lot of spots, anti-rocker, we were surprised at actually how limited that one was. Um, like if you don't have really nice ledges, um, anti-rocker, and, and if the ground's not great, like on weather-beaten cement, anti-rocker was very limiting. But doing a really nice long front side, going very fast, or a Royale, an anti, great feeling. Can't get it from any of the other setups. No, just like exactly doing like a knowing you could do like a, a back farf and trust it. You know, it's just like that's a cool thing to be able to do. But it's also like, you know, I skate anti uh, most of the time. Um, I like like I have I'm trying to get a flat setup now, now that I might be able to have the option to do so. But I, I was skating flat for a little bit on some solo frames and was really enjoying it. But then I went back to skating anti and I skated with like Miguel and Joe on some bowl and like, it's just not, you know, you're, you're scratching all over the place. You're like sessing and it doesn't feel right. And you're like, no, I need those wheels there. So I think it's true. Like uh, certain wheels for certain jobs, but there are some people that are like, oh, you can do all the same things on, uh, on, on flat that you can do an ante, but I don't, I don't, I don't know if that's necessarily true the way you can do things or like the way you can experiment in that space. Like it just yeah. gives you more uh, room or at least trust in, in certain areas. But yeah, it's a good point. I think you could do it all. It just feels different. That's what matters. It's it like you said. You, you said it best with the word trust. Trust is the key to like the difference in a flat and anti rocker setup. Especially like Joey, like you said, the front sides blasting a front side anti rocker. You don't always necessarily want to blast a front side and flat depending on what no. you're skating. If you're at a skate park, it might be different. But if it's the streets, I've been sketched out a couple of times trying to like or considering front sides or back sides on a uh, uh, obstacles riding flat. So especially when you have fresh wheels on in like nice big sixties or something like that, you know. And back difference. Royale will will get you in flat. Very likely. <laughs> Even when you're confident, it'll it'll get you. Even someone like you gets when, stuck, huh? Oh, me? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you get nice and low on your tricks too. That would Although help. it does it it teaches you good posture on a back royal. I love that um, about it too. Yeah, for flat. Yeah. That that was half the reason why I started skating flat again too is cuz I I felt like I was getting lazy in a lot of my tricks riding anti rocker. And then I rode flat one day and I was like, oh, I have to think a little bit now to make my tricks better, to make them lower, or not better, but just in my eyes, look nicer, get lower on your tricks, um, you know, position your feet the correct way. Like there's no loosey goosey. Like when you're riding freestyle, you can roll out and be like, eh! like when you ride flat, like you got to do it right. And you, you might think for the first few times, but then it becomes natural. And then nah, slowly, nah, nah, but that, nah, that, that's nah, wrong. Nah, that's nah. wrong. That's dead wrong. That's dead wrong. Prove me that wrong. Prove me wrong. wrong. Prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. No, I'm not going to prove wrong. I'm saying that, that mentality is dead wrong because it's not about like, <clears throat> oh, you got to do it right. First of all, what what is right? Uh, to Joey and Todd's whole ethos, what is right? Like you could just experiment within that space. Mm -hmm. But <clears throat> I think it is more than the trust. that that it's, it's more than the trust. It's actual space you can do on certain tricks, actual obstacles that it opens it up to. There are certain things that if you're skating on a 60 flat that you're not going to be able to skate that someone that can skate anti can. You're, it doesn't matter how doing it right you can. It's just not going to 
be accessible certain specific obstacles, certain specific things, and also ways to do things. So I do think that's a cool way to look at it, be able to like bounce back and forth between things. I'm a defender of anti the traditional way, you know. But I got nothing um, against anti rocker at all. That was just my theory into but, going but, into but, writing. But, flat. I, I, but I don't think it's a do it right sort of thing. I think you know there's space to do it in all these different yes, kind of ways. It's, it's in your head. It just depends. I mean, in yeah. my eyes, that was me doing it right. The way I uh, okay. Roy right is wrong. It's the way that I want it to be done. The way that Sorry. I want my tricks to look. That's what I was specifically for no, me. Totally. Because yeah, you could do anything. Yeah. Remember, um, remember at powwow that launched the big fat thing. Like Julian Ba was doing front torques on that with a grab with utmost confidence, riding sixty four flat. Like it's hey, I'm anything. If Dominic Sagona would have skated flat, it might have had a different impact in his second regime part there. You know what I mean? <laughs> that that anti might have opened yeah. up the door for him to be able to skate in that way. So it's oh, he, was he skating flat? He might have been skating flat. Actually. He was in, he was in physics, I think. So he had a little almost a little bit of play in the way the anti rocker mm -hmm. setup moved in that section. Like you could there was a little bit more turning in physics. I could be wrong, though, but I'm pretty sure physics anti had a little bit more of a turning radius than a traditional. Yeah. He, he actually might have been skating flat. I got I to gotta double back and check that. <laughs> Someone check the books. Someone check the books. I know People he skated anti a lot. I know. Yeah. Zooming in on a but, 360p uh, video on, on YouTube, yeah. trying to see how many wheels are in his skates. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck, guys. Good luck. We'll ask, we'll ask Dominic. We'll get Dominic on the show. We'll ask him. Yeah, that'll be good. Uh, and the, and the, the last um, part of that is anything is possible with wax. Just, I won't say anything more. <laughs> you can wax. Yeah. No, I won't say anything more. Is, is there a, you should make a mushroom blading wax <laughs> that comes with the wheels. No, because I'm, I'm a, I'm, um, I'm a wax. I'm conservative with wax. I'm not a huge waxer. So no, I don't want to, I don't want to make any statements on wax. I think, uh, skate park peace is very important. Wax communication is important. Wax communication, yes. Yeah. Yes. That's just me, though. Oh, we lost Billy again. His internet connection is going crazy right now. But so I, I want to talk about that theory then because I'm going to sit here. So I'm not. Okay, there we go. So do you, you're conservative with wax. You just, do you do what all the skateboarders tell us and just skate faster? Or how do you work around that? I don't know. I, 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 I just don't use a ton of it. And I like to, I find skating quite fast at things um, and balancing out a grind just feels really good. In in some cases you need it, but I just, I don't like the stereotype of the rollerblader waxing everything. I think, I think there's been a lot of, uh, I, I, I don't like just an overconfident rollerblader, but people will disagree with me that like people will say like, fuck that wax everything and don't ask about it. I think it's a conversation. Um, yeah, I, I like sometimes things that are kind of medium, like not too fast and not too slow. And I like going fast and balancing it out. I find like you, you learn the grinds a little bit better when it's not overly slick. That's just me though. I have very strange preferences for skating. So no, I think, I think, you know, it's funny. I, I come from the place where we used to like wax everything all the time and like, uh, faster, the better, uh, at least in a certain era. Um, but I've been seeing a, a lot of, uh, people like adopt the, Oh no, that doesn't even need wax. 
and then just skating it like as is in some scenarios or yeah it's cool like sometimes feeling the grip of things is yeah. a bit better yeah. yeah the grip that's a really good yeah the grip is what i like and it's not not gripping to the point where you're slowing down you can just feel the texture a little bit more <clears throat> of the object that's risky for flat rockers now now you're talking wheel bite <laughs> not waxing stuff and doing back rails but have you have you had much experience in metal frames uh as far as like grinding metal frames because i see you do a lot of gear stuff but i never really seen you do a metal frame review I i've tried um flat frame the joe solar frame and solar frames and i haven't i haven't fully connected with them yet they're with fast h blocks though but the metal edge yep. blocks. Yeah, okay. I have I have metal edge blocks on the solos. I got to use those ones more actually because I did really like it. in terms of the grip on the grind. The metal edge blocks felt really amazing. Mm -hmm. um, that they're fast, but you feel the grind a lot more. Like uh, it's a nice, confident feeling over plastic. Yeah, I so. liked. I, I was gonna say because um, when I was riding solo frames, I have a, a solo frame setup, and I, I do ride the metal edge block also, and. Only for skate parks for me, because I haven't really been able to work them on street, but I would go to skate parks. I would never need to wax anything because it's usually metal coping or metal angle line, whatever it is. Uh, and I would just fly around and it, it, everything slid. Like I never had to wax anything. And Oh, but I, only on H-block grinds. Souls slow. Are, souls feel dangerous. Yeah. Like on skate park ledges and things. Coping's not too bad. Dangerous like don't slide, could, you mean? Yeah, like... Uh, Sticky sometimes the way you press into the frame can bite you. Mm, yeah, I never noticed that. Yeah, that's why I like a little bit of plastic on this. Like a metal H block is fine, but I do like a little bit of plastic for soles. Um, yeah, maybe maybe Kamloops skate park ledges are weird. <laughs> is that that big park that you skate in, in all the mushroom laning videos? Is that Kamloops? Yeah, and it's funny, people who have come to it more recently, it looks really amazing on camera and some people see it in person. They're like, shit, there's like really worn out, sketchy spots. It's not as smooth as people thought it was. It looks seasoned, that park. <laughs> yeah, it's weather beaten in mm -hmm. some places, definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, that's that, funny you say that. I said the same thing too. I, I see that park and it looks amazing. It is the greatest skate park in the world. <laughs> Even if it's not, that's just its name. <laughs> um and a little bit we're probably gonna get into some questions but want to ask you a couple of things first before i do just want to say if you're watching live please hit the like button and shout out to our sponsor blank um so you were talking about uh basically the direction of rollerblading and the boom that uh could be a corona a corona boom and uh, that, you know, what, whatever is happening blading right now, what do you see? What do, what do you think the future of blading is uh, in, in the short term and in the long term? I was cautiously optimistic. Um, I think it might shrink down again a little bit. I think in terms of the people behind it and the skating and the projects will all remain amazing. But I'm not entirely sure if it's gonna um if the numbers will continue um i could be wrong I, I think there's a lot of potential in the big wheeling and the and the wizard thing um it's just hard to say right now like i do have a feeling that rollerblading could be a lot a lot of older guys that have um that are buying you know 
buying new stuff, but only using it a little bit, um, going to the park, I don't know, a couple times a week or maybe on a weekend warrior type thing in terms of like them buying gear, that's really good, but I still don't know about new participants. So, uh, but as, as like the, the culture of skating and the visions and styles and projects and companies, I think all that stuff will still be really good. But I think the conversations need to happen on like, uh, like if shops are talking to companies is, are people still buying skates or was that just a Corona thing? Hard to say. Cause it's not, it's winter as well. Like we'll send, maybe Santa will bring a lot of skates and then, or maybe in the spring and summer, it'll go up again. Hard to say. Hmm. I always thought that in, in case like the Corona numbers, pandemic skaters like rose super high, like say like 500%, even if it stops in the middle, we're still, we're still in the green, you know, <laughs> keep losing Billy. <laughs> I say we're still in the green. You know what I mean? Say if, if we if a hundred skaters started skating in your town from the pandemic, if fifty of them stick around, thirty of them stick around, we're still up. You know, it's still it's still yep. good for us. You know, yeah. So that's a good point. It, it either way, I think the growth kind of helped, and um, yeah, I mean that's that, that's what I think is happening. We got Billy back here. Hang on, I gotta play musical chairs again with you guys. <laughs> yeah, you're right. This is ridiculous. <laughs> I'm not stopping. It's all Sorry. good. Must be a bad link. This has never happened, but yeah. Yeah. Um, You're right. The, the growth happened. So that's, that's a positive that there's mm -hmm. still a lot of people who got back into it. A lot of new people who had never done it. People who skated big wheels, who wanted aggressives. A lot of that happened. It's just hard to know of those people. Are they fans for a year? Are they fans for life? Mm -hmm. Tough to say. It is. We'll we'll know in a year or two. I think even even maybe in the next year, we'll have a better idea, probably. But a ballpark because we don't know for sure. We don't have the, the stats on this. which is what I was talking about earlier about we need <laughs> the, them. the surveys. Yeah, we do. We do need them. Um, well, now's a good time to uh, keep putting out uh, stuff. I think. I don't know. I think uh, people. Not everyone's looking, but like it, it, there's an opportunity now. So it's a good time to create and think out of the box, like something different than just, you know, regular edit. Like maybe I like a lot of the themed ideas that people have been doing lately, like with their skating and bringing in different ideas, crossing ideas. Kelso has been bringing in some themes and yeah, that's cool. So that sounds actually that that that's it sounds like a realistic answer coming from you, but it doesn't sound like an overwhelmingly positive one. But <laughs> <laughs> I know I I could be I could be wrong. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm a dork who's like buying like I wanted to save Patreon money to get a new computer and camera, but there's so many skates coming out to try. Like I want to try all the skates, and I'm sure there's lots of people in my position that are gonna buy a bunch of skates and, and try them. That's not a bad thing. Even if there's fewer participants, but they're very well engaged in all the gear stuff. That's a good thing too. Yeah. Well, let's get these, let's get these numbers up either way. You know, um, I still think it's good. People came back, even if they skate once a year from the, the pandemic skaters, if they skate once a year, fine, you know, it's better than not skating at all. They buy one pair of skates a year. Still it's fine. You buy one set of wheels. It's still helpful. You know, and everybody who's getting back into it, please be careful because like there's, I've seen some bad falls 
of uh, people who want to go right back into what they remember doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Build up slowly, sure. everybody. <laughs> Have fun. There's nothing to prove. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Right. <laughs> Sometimes in your head, though, you get it can get serious, and you try yeah. something, and not so much for me. Uh, I, I kind of want to segue that into something else that I wanted to talk about too. So for the people coming back about being safe, being cautious, your bodies aren't as young as they were, you know, 10 years ago, whatever it is. I always watch your videos and I notice that you will skate like a tennis court flat ground and you'll be wearing like helmets and shit. And I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, okay, it makes sense. You want to be safe. You know, you have a family, whatever you just want to be cautious. And then I in mushroom blading eight in NBA you crack your head on a tennis court, like crack it, and then you instantly go and you have a clip with a helmet on right afterwards at the same spot. Like was that just you? You got caught slipping? Like what was that about? I have a lot to say about that. Oh, I would um, love to hear because that was to me one of the most, uh, unfortunately, one of the most entertaining clips. But for that reason itself, just because I always can, I can question that in my head. Yeah, it was. The helmet thing came in. Um, I was very inspired by Mike Vallelli. I think that's the name that the, the skateboarder. He started wearing a helmet and was like an older guy that he, he had the X Games real street thing. And um, I have to start off by saying I, I don't like skating in it. I don't like the way it looks. Um, I feel way better without it. So at first it was when I was around 33. So before I had kids, I started wearing it and, uh, and then it started to get loose where it's like, I I did hit it within like the first two I hit, I hit it on coping, um, with, with my helmet on hit my head within the first few weeks of getting the helmet. And I thought it was cursed. Um, and then it started to get loose where it's like, okay, flat ground, you definitely don't have to wear it. And it felt so good, looked good. Although, don't listen to me. This is just my own personal opinion. I, th- I, I think when I wear the helmet, it looks more like a sport, that I'm doing a sport. When I don't have my helmet on, it feels more free. Um, or as Arlo would say in that old MTV, it's a soul thing, he said. Mm. Like, um, I don't know. The freedom of skating just feels better without it. But then, um, yeah. I hit my, I, 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 that day I put the helmet on. I did the thing where I jumped over the tennis court net and did the torque swivel. And then for some reason, like I had my helmet there in the tennis court, I put it on. I was like, oh, I jump over the tennis net. I don't want to smash like the front of my head, took it off Mm -hmm. and then got, got worked, um, got worked on a, on a fakey one foot, uh, alley-oop toe roll, like kicker thing. But the background on that the that day that session was we had forest fires all summer up here and smoke and my house was on um, evacuation alert that the fires were really close to where I live and that night before that session there was this miraculous huge rainfall that stopped everything so we had been skating breathing in smoke oh. and that 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 tennis court session, you can see there's puddles and things that it was the first time we had actually skated in fresh air without breathing in smoke in a long time. I had just shaved my head. Um, it was one of those sessions where like we were breathing in fresh air. We were lacing 
every single idea that we had. Sometimes there's sessions like that where you're just completely on point. And uh, I did, I had done that like fakey squat toe kick thing in MB7, but I had done it a lot slower. And I was just feeling so good that like, I'm going to do this full speed and kick my leg as high as possible. And the wizard frame is I've had some falls where if I kick it too high, the weight of it can actually throw your body. Mm. Um, and then the worst part was that earlier I had worn my helmet. So that was my moment where it was like, okay, uh, I was getting a little loose with the helmet. You can get worked flat ground wizard skating. And I will say, so I've hit, I've hit it like in my entire skating career, I think four or five times, uh, three times with the helmet and twice without. And, um, three of those times were going fakey really fast without really thinking about like getting maybe a little bit too loose. Like you guys stuck um, in a crack or something. One of them was, yeah. One of them was with like Danny, Danny and all them. I hit it with it on. I was like, um, just getting too eager skating with them, like too high energy. And I like, I think it hit a crack with some mud and then it, and then my frame clipped. Um, another one was like a fakie carve in a bowl. We had filmed a good one and I wanted to get one better. Like a lot of them come from ego as well, where you're not, you're not like taking that moment that like, it can get you in so much trouble when you're like, I'm going to get another one, but better or faster or, um, yeah. That, so everybody fakie will bite you more likely. Um, and then in terms of the aftermath of that, that hit with the helmet, I, I like last summer, um, I felt off for a week or two, like standard concussion stuff, but it healed up way quicker. But this one, uh, like the back, the back of the head, um, it it's, it's still like once in a while, it's still a little bit off. So like, I hate wearing it and I don't like the way it looks and I don't like skating in it, but I like hitting my head with it on more than I like skating without it, if that makes sense. Cause like, yeah, actually getting older and being a kid aftermath of this one was really bizarre. Like, um, the, I think it's called post concussion syndrome where it was weird for a while. Um, like, like, um, feeling normal, but then your balance being off. And, uh, yeah, I went to the doctor though, and she was, she, there was, she didn't care. Like it, she was like, you didn't pass out. Um, you didn't puke or anything, or you didn't have loss of consciousness. It was just a bonk and that was it. But I felt really weird, but she made me feel better that like me going in, getting my head checked. Um, she wasn't worried, which made me less worried. But in terms of like the symptoms of that hit, man, not good. So, and there could be a lot of people skating without a helmet where nothing could happen at all. So I'm not, I'm not going to say do or don't, but the moral of that story is you can totally get messed up flat ground wizard skating and the smoothest ground. Couldn't ever. believe it. Couldn't believe it. I, and it was almost at the point where like, I didn't watch the footage for like a, I think I waited like a month to watch the footage. Cause I was like, maybe it's not going to be as bad as I thought. Um, but it was bad. And, um, you almost don't want to use those things sometimes in the video to bum people out, but it, it was the right song. It was edited correctly. 
it, it worked in the video, but I never want to stress people out by putting that stuff in. But I think where it was sequenced in the video, it's important to remind people that you can get fucked up just even skating flat ground. Not everybody's trying to kick their leg over their head going full speed on one wheel. So that's what made it funny. <laughs> oh, and the, the shame that you feel, um, especially when you have a kid, like uh, both times I've hit my head and, and like you go home to play with your kid. It's one of the worst feelings to know that like you could have done something way worse and like <laughs> people finding out like, oh, what happened to him? He he messed himself up doing a rollerblading trick. Like it, it's just... <laughs> At a tennis but court. it's it's what we do and it's something that happens um so i i know that um i think head head hits and certain falls that look extra bad i know that more recently they don't get included as much in videos so or they cut quicker um anyways that's my whole thing on that i don't have a right answer on it mm, i'm kind of glad to hear you say that you well first of all i'm glad that you were okay i didn't know that was that serious of a hit where it had like some repercussions on it because i mean there's been times where people hit their heads and there's like get back up like okay whatever that sucks but i'm okay um glad that you're okay but i'm kind of happy in a way to say that you're honest about it that you don't like skiing in a helmet because i feel like most people don't but when they do wear helmets they want to trick themselves into like thinking it's they feel good or or cool or whatever I mean, I personally myself am the same way. Like if I have to wear a helmet at a Woodward or some skate park or something like that, I just, you don't feel confident, you know, like ironically enough, like I don't feel like myself in a helmet and, um, you, you, you stick it out though. You still lace the fuck out of all those other tricks with the helmet on. So, you know, more power to you. You're still killing it either way. Thank you. And I will say one more thing. Todd has that fall in NBA where like I have a giant head. Todd has a much smaller head than me and he's more built here that I think if my head was smaller and my upper body was more built, I could have possibly saved myself. Cause on his, you can see he had his helmet on for his, but like his core is fully in action and his head whips back, but he actually stops it yeah, with his core strength. So I think mm -hmm. like me sitting at a desk all day and kind of hunched forward, I learned a lot about like that. I have to build my neck and my shoulders up and be careful with my posture. Cause I think I could have possibly avoided that. But part of me thinks my leg was up so high that I don't know. Yeah, I watched what it. A, what, what a way to hit your head. I watched it a couple of times and you put it in the slowest of motions ever possible. So it's easy to analyze it. But like if you stop it on the frame when your head actually makes contact with the ground, like your limbs are nowhere near your head. Like sometimes people like you can see them try to like protect themselves or curl up and you're just full on like nah, my head is going to the ground right now. There's no yeah. stopping it. Like you almost take, intentionally wanted to do it. It looked like that's how, Oh, well, I had taken falls like that. I had taken falls like that before, but never at that, at that speed. So that was the problem. Cause I hit my tailbone really hard. Thankfully that took more of it. I always wondered like if I was 20 or 30 pounds overweight, I may have gotten fucked up even worse on that one. So I'm happy that it wasn't anything too serious, but yeah. something definite, I can't tell if something got, knocked into me sense wise or knocked out that was like that's always just going to be a clear um mark in my skating history that one moment mm -hmm. um yeah yeah no I, I'm, I'm glad you're all right and I'm, I'm glad you could shine some light on this 
stupid ass thought that was in my head about you guys wearing helmets while skating flat ground wizard skating. So thank you. For no, that. I mean, some of the worst, uh, injuries you get like you get on like the smaller things or the things that you do like when, you when you're not it. taking things serious when you're like skating something like you're taking more serious you're like more focused but when you're playing around i think that's when you're more yeah. almost at risk for a, an injury so you yeah. let your guard down you never know mm-hmm. you never yeah. know mm-hmm. um should we open up for questions soon i think yeah i think we should open it up for questions um we're gonna of course as always prior- prioritize the super chats first uh, as always, our guest gets half of our super chats. And uh, anyone else in the chat watching live, we're going to open up for questions now. So if you have any questions, please line them up. And as always, if you're watching live or if you're not watching live, please hit the like button. And Oh, no, we lost Billy again. <laughs> Hang on. This was per the request of... Uh, wait, where are you? Per request of Rob G, who texted me a few minutes ago, he wants you to do your... Uh, this as Billy O'Neill since you're in his window. <laughs> oh, um, so Billy, well, how's well, everything? Where did, where did where did that where did he end off? I can try and finish it. <laughs> um, I guess he's telling people to subscribe and and like the video and everything. So as always, um, half of the super chats go to our guest, and I just who's our guest this week? Rem- don't tell me I lost you too, <laughs> Joey. Don't tell me I lost you too. What's going on right now? <laughs> hold on are you back i'm in the cursed window <laughs> no way that wait <laughs> yo what's going on right now hold on this is this is like unreal we this just had like jo- the worst. We, just, we just had joey on and he froze and we lost him hold on okay he's back oh no i lost wait what's going on hold on yeah. <laughs> hold on we're having the wildest day right now. Okay, please. I don't understand what's happening with this. My stick, connection's great. But stick with just, us, everybody. I don't, I don't know, know what's going on either. But let's jump. Should we jump into these questions? Yes, let's jump into the questions. Let's get them going. Okay. Uh, let's do it. Thank you, Joey, for d- dealing with this. I'm sorry about this. I'm an extremely patient person. Um, <laughs> I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> enjoy, enjoy the ride because... It's uh, it, it might get worse than this. Who knows? Let's see where these questions take us. <laughs> <laughs> Dave Quist asks, "Can we get a mushroom blading T-shirt with the drawing of Joey and Todd with the mushroom helmets?" Maybe I'd be weirded out if that if I saw somebody wearing that. But <laughs> plus, it's not um, that's somebody else's art. I think you'd have to ask Todd. Todd Todd is the vision for the art and brand direction. So. Was that the guy yeah. from uh, who lives in Thailand who did that? I can't remember. Damn it. I'm sorry. I can't remember the name of the person who did it. Todd probably would. I could be wrong, but I think, I mean, I, don't, I forget what his real name is, but his name is Same Boat um, on like our Patreon and when oh, he's on our YouTube. Yes. Is that him? That's, I'm pretty sure that's him. He's I Canadian. That's, him. that's that why. That sounds familiar. He's okay. Canadian, but he lives in Thailand and he did a, a, a artist drawing, sick ass drawing of me and Billy also. And then he showed me your guys' stuff. He did a mushroom blade and he went awesome, which is hilarious. I love that one too. Um, but uh, I'm sure he wouldn't mind if that made it to a shirt or a wheel or something like that. Who knows? All right. Next super chat we have from Ram McNally, <laughs> who says, John B, Nikki A, Mike C, Delcaz, Task, Leon, Richie, Dustin, Todd, Joey, Danny, Colin, Tommy, Canadian skaters are all super unique. 
What about our culture do you think makes us skate the way we do? This one's easy, but it's not exclusive to Canada. We just have the long winters and a lot of time to think about skating. Um, and then in terms of the East Coast, they had Taj Mahal Skate Park. So, but they were still Canadian. And, and John Bling and Nikki Adams, like the East Coast guys, still had a different flavor to their skating that was uniquely Canadian. Not sure what that is. It could be long Canadian winters. That's, that's what it is for me. That's my answer. Hmm. Interesting answer. I wasn't expecting that one. Uh, that mountain says, love you, big guy. Keep pushing the sport forward. <laughs> Thanks, big guy. <laughs> <laughs> big guy. Uh, Danny Twitch. Awesome guest as always. Thank you, Joey, for all that you do in rollerblading. Billy, will Mesmer be selling t-shirts and socks at some point? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, we're going to have t-shirts out soon, like this week and, uh, Ooh. socks, not, we haven't done socks yet, but that's a good idea. going to think about that. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for the question. I want some Mesmer <laughs> socks. Uh, we have a, another super chat from Nick Lyon who says Damon Franklin is easily the most famous blader on earth right now. Everything he touches <laughs> goes viral. The culture, the culture <laughs> needs an air Damon slash Mesmer skate. What would we need to do as a community to help there's <laughs> a lot of mesmer questions uh, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to talk about mesmer stuff anymore you will i won't I answer that I, question sh- but i'll talk about joey it. should we put you in the billy window again? no damon <laughs> d- no damon damon is great okay yeah, so we might have to put you in the billy window this is insane um all right there you go <laughs> okay well, I won't answer that question. I'll say Mesmer hasn't announced their AM team or any other riders. We have a good set team. I won't. Yeah. I'm not going to answer that question. It's Billy. <laughs> okay. He's ringing in again. Hang on. I'm going to. I will say uh, Air Dolphin's recent video is an absolute masterpiece. I was very happy was that to Jinkos? see that. Yeah. That it reached a, a very wide audience. Is that. Uh... Oh, we lost everybody here. <laughs> To be honest, going back to what I was just saying, I don't know if I'm going to be able to talk about anything anymore if I keep getting. <laughs> yeah, this is a little crazy. Uh, no, but um, no, I appreciate the question. Uh, with that, and I love Damon skating, um, and I appreciate the input with everything, definitely. But um, yeah, I'm gonna just try to do the best we can with everything. Thank you. And <laughs> yeah, seventeen BKS says. Unwin Top Soul in OK Buddy intro is the best. That the kink that he went around. Yeah, I, I love people discovering our old videos and being like, is that Unwin? There's people who know him from his huge YouTube channel and then that he shows up as an aggressive skater in our old videos. Who's Amazing Unwin? Top Who's Soul. Unwin? Sean Unwin from the Flow Skate YouTube channel. I think it's the most popular skating YouTube channel possibly. Um, yeah, um, maybe I'll post that to Instagram. What is like a like a rec blader? Like what? Like a urban skater? No, he well, he he's he's in the he's someone who he grew up aggressive skating with in Canada, and then he started a, a channel where he did kind of a mix of both, and now he does these flow skate videos in Wizards where Alex films him in downtown Calgary, and his channel's huge, um, and he's just a a fellow Canadian that we grew up skating with that now has a huge 
uh, YouTube channel. But that's cool. He also has an amazing topsail <laughs> in the intro. Of, okay, buddy. Fuck whatever. No, seriously though, how to be unpopular. Um, an Arlo approved uh, cult Canadian skate VHS from two thousand three. Arlo approved. Yes. Wow. Yes, Arlo approved. We sent it to like I before the internet. I would send tapes to people, um, and we sent it to him. And another one of those moments that like kept the spark going is I got a really good email back from Arlo um, to Todd and I about how much he liked the video that he saw that it was something very different than what was going on in skating at the time. What year was this? Two thousand three. Oh yeah. Okay. That's really cool. Oh, we, okay. I'm not even going to bother with this anymore. Okay. We have a super chat from, I don't know if I'm saying this right, Mike Tor, Torres, I believe it's pronounced. Mike It says, Tor- donating to the Abolish the Cam Loops Biodome Fund. Free Joey slash Todd. I will travel eventually for skating again. Um, I'm pretty comfortable here, though. I'm pretty comfortable... In Kamloops. By the way, we're gonna just keep you guys switched like this because every time you leave, Billy have to swap around whatever. So now I'm, okay. I'm I'm in the cursed window though, so I'm gonna be the next one to drop out. No. <laughs> you should just fake it that you're frozen once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we have a super chat from Wizard Skating. The Wizard Skating. Joey, is it rollerblading? Air quotes or air quote inline skating? Why? Thank you for everything you and Todd do. Blade, God bless. Canadian flag. I call it rollerblading because I like how it's, um, it has that kind of fun, like it gets a reaction out of people. It's got like, it sounds futuristic and old at the same time. What do you mean it gets reaction out of Um, people? Just the word rollerblading is, is, you can just say it sometimes and it puts a smile on people's face or it's an unexpected that, that a lot of people just have a weird attachment to that word or reaction. So like, I think if I, if I tell somebody that I'm really into rollerblading, um, it, it sounds more interesting than inline skating. I do throw in both, but I call it rollerblading and I'm sorry for the people who really like inline skating, but I just call it rollerblading. Fair I like enough. saying it. It's more fun to say. It's more fun to write. It's a, I don't know. It's a more fun word. Um, and I, I didn't, I don't know, for a while I thought I didn't like it, but I, I've grown to love it. <laughs> and you'll actually say inline skating to people. I feel like that's very once in specific. a while. Like if I'm in a more professional mood, I think inline <laughs> skating is the more professional one. Like I'm really into inline skating or I am an inline skater. But I say rollerblading way more. Yeah. I think it's just easier for people to know what you're doing when you say rollerblading. Yeah, exactly. Even though it's not politically correct. Air quotes. Uh, super chat from David Moynihan, who says, what kind of socks are you skating? <laughs> this is for a Patreon video. I skate in thicker socks when I skate aggressives. They're Lorpen Merino wool, I think. Uh, and then Wool? Like, uh, yeah, like, like warm. Yeah. Wool is, it yeah. doesn't get too like, uh, cold like really and heavy, but it doesn't get like cold and wet. Like, uh, in terms of what it does with moisture, 
I found I really like them. Plus I skate kind of bigger. I don't skate super tight, aggressive skates. So I have more room in the shell and the liner. And then for wizards, I skate descent, which is like, uh, like an outdoor mountain bike, snowboard brand, really thin compression socks. I think socks and, uh, footbeds, there's room for rollerblades, specific, more technical things in the future, but I, I'm not going to go there personally. So that, yeah, descent and Lorpen socks. I skated in, in Nijiji, the toe socks for a long time, but they were expensive. And when I would stretch, I would rip the toes, um, like stretch with my shoes off at the skate park. They would rip easily, but the toe socks were really, really good. Felt it's like a- having bare feet because I did barefoot for a while in the Rams days, like Bobby oh. Orr. How, hey, how, why'd you do that? That's a risky just move. Just felt better. Let the Bobby Orr quote, he just, he just played hockey without socks because it just felt better. It was the same with rims, but yeah. Um, you know, not great for, for, for growing a, a fungus party. Yeah. In your skates or your toes. Yeah. And I'm sure the smell wasn't that good. I could hey, be wrong. Boot dryers now though. I think you could skate sockless as long as you have a boot dryer. Life changing. <clears throat> I'll, I'll always say it. Anyways, there you go. <laughs> uh, Let's see. Next super chat. We have the super chats keep coming in, by the way. Uh, yeah, it's going to be hard to get any to any of the questions if we keep getting well, super chats. I, well, people got a super chat then. If you really want to ask our guest something, <laughs> I believe our next super chat is from Shred Major, who asks, "When are we getting a hoax two style Joey and Todd do America tour?" Hmm. I'm still really comfortable. Uh, in Kamloops, if, if life and and financial and work allowed some travel, maybe. But people who who have kids know it's it's like it's pretty painful to be away from your family for a while. So maybe like for MB fifteen, I don't know. Maybe when we're in 15? our fifties like and our kids are older, I don't know. Maybe we do one of those. Hmm. But I would love to meet everybody in America and see a lot of America. So eventually. In the next 15 years, 10 to 15. Okay, we'll hold you to it. Okay. In, in 15 years, when we're at episode 4,000, whatever, we'll have you back on to see if you follow through. How's that sound? I usually do, yeah. Okay, I believe you. I believe you. Uh, we have a super chat from... What? Chad Hornish. Chad Hornish, yes, my Alexa was going off. Is it? Uh, is grabbing tricks okay? Shut up! Alexa, stop. <laughs> Definitely. Says, is, is grabbing tricks okay? Oh, no, wait, wait. He, he changed it. He says, is not grabbing tricks okay? He, he re-super-shed. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't like... Well, in my traditional aggressive skater mind, just don't um, hang your foot down in any weird way. That um, If you are doing ungrabs, like, you, you have the ability to get in a nice posture. So... Um, use the ungrab to your advantage in the way that you're doing your grind posture. Yeah. You okay there, Austin? My cat just blew up the litter box. So. <laughs> <laughs> I have the litter box right behind me. I'll, I'll take care of that in a second. But we have a super chat from <laughs> um, Colin Martin. Yeah. I, I could pick some of these okay, up. Go, I for can see. go for it. Let me spray my uh, right room real quick. Yeah, since you're in suffering a little bit. Uh, Colin Martin asks, one, how has mushroom blading 
TM changed rollerblading. Two, who is holding you hostage in Kamloops? Three, will you forgive me? Uh, mushroom blading has possibly loosened up the way people skate or think of skating um, or got the people to think of skating differently. Yeah, maybe just loosened up skating, expanded the view, possibly. Uh, this is like the third thing about us not leaving Kamloops. I really am comfortable in Kamloops. I do want to travel eventually. Uh, nobody's holding me hostage. I just, my the joy of skating is very accessible here and I don't need to look for it anywhere else. But I do want to meet more people and skate more things. If we do travel, it'll be some very serious video business blading with meeting people. Uh, and then will I forget? You know, I've thought about forgiving you but it's still it still hurts um yeah what'd he do yeah i did a i was so excited to to open um the them skates when they first came out the 908s and i did a live stream and him and him and tim kelly it was the first time i did like a live stream and they just kept uh typing a bebus over <laughs> and over and over again. And, and it was more annoying than like, than 20,000 OG blader hammer comments. And it really, <laughs> really turned me off of ever live streaming again. And Damn. also I love their skating. Um, I love Tim skating. I love Colin skating. And it was just, it was so annoying. <laughs> yeah. So I will forgive you eventually, but I'm still hurt that, uh, Something so exciting that I that I wanted to do, um, you know, it made me feel all the feelings. I don't, you know, and even a Beebus, I love a Beebus, but I don't like what they did with the a Beebus term in the chat. <laughs> Shout out to Beebus and Colin Martin. Thank you, Colin. Colin, please don't do us like that, please, <laughs> in our live chats. Uh, we have a super chat from Sean Carter who asked, do you know what happened to Billy, <laughs> Billy Vo? Who's Billy Vo? Billy Vo, one of the most stylish, um, skaters in Canada. Uh, he has some tricks and hooks for, but famously he had a really nice cab driver picture in, in an old box magazine. Um, I think he got into some, I don't know. I, I don't know. I can't say anything, but he was really talented and life took him in other directions. And I think he's around still but just hasn't skated just the classic super there's been so many gifted skaters in the history of the sport that just drop and it's the worst especially he was one that we looked up to the most really stylish talented vietnamese skater with brothers that skated as well um yeah hit him up have him make a comeback incredible skater all right the super chats just keep on coming. Thank you all again for these super chats, by the way. Uh, we split half with our guest, and we prioritize your questions. So we have one from Aaron Schultz, who says, Since the best Mizus were already covered, who has done your favorite negative Mizus? Preferably best negative Mizu per continent, but the top three worldwide will suffice. Cheers from Iowa. 
I don't have a best negative Mizu because that that trick doesn't always look great. But I, just the one that I reference first in my mind is uh, Eric Burke in Pell the Pell section. It's probably where I go to first because that's just the one that I remember. So yeah, that's what you think of Eric Burke. Mm-hmm. Good answer. Uh, super chat from Des Jones. Uh, what happened to Dana? Does he still skate? Yes. Dana still does very nice grabs out of bowls. He's living on the island, skates once in a while, and could probably still beat Todd and I in skate. One of those people that's uh, frustratingly talented still on skates, even if they put him on once in a while. Love those people. Yeah. Always good to see. Um, still more super chats. We have uh, another one from Nick Lyon who says for all three, what's your favorite trick to do and favorite trick to see? Well, we'll start with our guest. Um, like, uh, the one footed fast slide wheel slide. And, uh, I love a good five forty. watching it, watching one, watch or topsail. So, okay. So it was one and one. Okay. Billy. Oof. Um, favorite trick to do. <clears throat> I like to do like front royale or back rail or a topsail or a mistrial. But favorite trick to see? Mm. I like, I, I've been liking watching toe rolls lately. Yeah, toe rolls look really cool. I'll leave toe rolls are cool. Um, I, I like those toe, toe slide things you do, the Michael Jackson things, just on, on a side <laughs> note. I'm not sure if it's my favorite, but it's up there. I like that one a lot. But I think right now my favorite is like the toe roll stuff. Just I'll leave toe rolls look really cool to me. Does that have a name, that trick, by the way? The double toe deal? I just call it a, yeah, just a toe slide. Somebody more talented should definitely do it to a rail. It's very possible. Oof, that's a good one. Um, for mine, favorite trick to do, probably backside or back far. Favorite trick to see. I don't really know. I'm going to go with the double backflip. Uh, Shred Major says, any plans for mushroom plants? Love to see more clothing design to withstand rollerblading. Why do you think pants are such a device subject? Well, well uh, divisive subject. Pants are just, just as intimate as like skates are a very intimate thing, more so than a bike or a skateboard. So the thing that is touching the skates is very important and that, that is the pants um and it's just it's in all action sports there's pants talk there's like there's a fit check account for skateboarding i think where they like have screen caps of pants from videos and things and say what the pants are uh we are not planning on making pants but there was a japanese skateboarding video that our company that made a pant called the straight out of bed pant they came the closest to I haven't tried them, but they looked like if we ever made them, they nailed it. They made the <laughs> ultimate pant. And I, on, on, on that note, I wish rollerblading talked more about that they were inspired by skateboarding or just talked openly about things that they see in skateboarding. Anyways. Specifically skateboarding? Well, yeah, I think, I think there's still a lot of inspiration taken from skateboarding, but it's more in secret. Like... Uh, it's a yeah that's a whole other topic we'll talk about that when i'm on in 10 or 15 years if okay. it's still a problem okay okay we'll get that going 
Um, I was going to say if Billy saw any questions on here, but uh, <laughs> okay, so let's let's do this for Mike Torres because the first one that popped up. Uh, he says they asked me this question, so I'm curious to hear your answer. Who would be on your ultimate wizard video lineup? Um, uh, Leon, Mike, me, Todd, Colin. We need, la- we need last names here. Sean. Oh, Leon Basson, Mike Torres, me, Todd McInerney, Colin Brady, Stuart Brady, Nicola Torelli, Sean Unwin, um, and I don't know his name, Jay Kabath on Instagram. Do you know who I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. I do not. Yeah. He just posted, yeah, he just He's posted another wizard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He just posted an amazing wizard uh, clip and he was skating thems with the wizards very well. He didn't make them look sloppy. He actually made them look really good. And I hope I'm not missing anybody. That That's just off the top of my head. That's a good lineup for Wizfear Gone, <laughs> as Mike has dubbed it. <laughs> um, Billy, I know you keep going in and out. Did you have any questions yeah. in here? I got some questions, but hopefully it stays open on me. Okay. We'll, we'll try just uh, we'll try just a few. And Joey, I'm I'm really sorry that this is happening. Uh, online, no problem. Thank God. Thankfully, you're a very patient person. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um. Rib5 says, I like that mushroom blading hasn't tried to overly commercialize. For example, affiliate links, ads, sponsorships, etc., like they do on Jump Street. Do you have any comments on that? No, I don't. I think it just comes down to the fact that Todd and I don't. We just don't. I don't know. We don't think about that stuff. But I love that people do that stuff. Um, no, we just will be a couple guys in Canada making videos and that's that's about it no <laughs> i don't I, I don't know what to say to that um falcon got says top three memorable canadian blading moments you can remember uh well that that asa that was here definitely um seeing billy vo skate in person and then probably the the eisler cues like um after the competition circuit was no more and it wasn't a thing in rollerblading, the people who we met at these Canadian aggressive competitions, we all met like at Richie Eiser's place. We did a, a couple of years and it really helped uh, reinforce the, the friendships in skating without the competition. We would film for videos and yeah, a really key part in for a small group of Canadian rollerbladers. Yeah. Mm. Cool. Hmm. Okay. Um, Bradley Brennison says, I want to know what Joey thinks about a grocery store romance novel that gets old ladies into blading. Damn. Um, shit. That's a really good question. I have a movie idea that no, 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 I'm not going to, I'm not going to, comment on that i have a move like if i ever make a movie the, here's the here's the pitch so it's edward scissor hands but instead of scissors on his hands he's not goth but he has wheels attached to his feet <laughs> and it's in canada and it kind of feels like the first star wars but i guess if i would have to spin it as a romance novel possibly like uh like some mysterious man that has wheels attached to his feet 
and then it would have the Fabio cover probably. Or no, it was, probably wouldn't be Fabio these days. It'd probably be more, uh, you'd have to do like a Fifty Shades of Grey influenced uh, cover for the grocery store to get older ladies. There, there it is. Who would you cast it. as that person? Uh, in the movie? Yeah. Well, I think you sound like I have Todd said that would, already. Todd, uh, Todd said if I make a movie, he wants to be in it. So I have to get. I have to at least give him the audition first. But okay. um, not Johnny Depp. Uh, he's burned a lot of bridges, and you know, like <laughs> he's really attached to Pirates of the Caribbean. I don't want anybody who's you know an unknown is good. Yeah. Okay. Good, good. That was a good answer to that question. You handled that really well. <laughs> we have a super chat from John Schmidt. No question, just straight super chat. Thank you so much, John. Thank you, John Schmidt. <clears throat> we have any more questions, um, here, John? We are kind of getting. I guess we'll do this as the last question. This this one seems fair. Uh, David Moynihan says, "Would you skate in Jinkos?" Hmm. Mm. No, because Air Dolphin already did it so well. Like he already reached, he made the masterpiece of the video in Jinkos. So, um, no, I don't want to. I don't want to cramp anybody's style, especially Air Dolphins. I've had that Lincoln Park song in my head um, <laughs> for the last forty-eight hours that he used for that one video. Is there a pant out that you haven't tried yet that you would like to try? Austin Paz asked um, that question, by the way. Um. No, but I will say um, I, I skated really good in sweatpants in NBA. So uh, don't feel bad wearing sweat, sweatpants skating. They feel incredible. Like, like <laughs> I recommend it. Yeah, I've tried all I've tried many different kinds of pants, but seriously, sweatpants, it might feel weird. But for some reason, I just feel a little bit more stylish and confident in sweatpants. I don't skip with them all the time, but does does your setup skate setup vary on what pants you wear? Like, do you have <laughs> pants specifically for wizards, like five wheels? Do you have pants specifically for four wheels? Pants specifically for anti? Specifically I wouldn't flat. I definitely wouldn't wear. Uh, I, I tried wearing jeans with wizards, and it just didn't work out. And dickies with wizards, it just doesn't. I don't know. Dickies and jeans and wizards. Wizards has to be a little bit baggier. You need to be loose. But I'm going to try and step outside of my comfort zone with that. Yeah. <laughs> Mixing the pants. Yeah. That, Jeans that, and wizards. I mean. That should be part of your, your people ask you, like, what setup you have? What are you writing? Be like, oh, the wheels, uh, these frames, these liners, and these pants. Like, that should just be <laughs> a standard for that question. It's part of it. It's part of the setup. It is. <laughs> and, then, and then, who knows, 10 years from now, oh, we lost me. <laughs> my battery died on my thing no but i'm saying like 10 years from now we'll evolve and we'll go past the waist and soon your shirt will be, have to be part of your uh setup as well <laughs> we're falling apart over here sorry joey <laughs> i'll be back no problem there you go <laughs> i luckily i keep a spare oh perfect yes <laughs> but um we get on the questions billy yeah, I think uh, I think that's it for. Oh, well, this is actually a pretty. Yeah, this we got this one last, and we I guess we could ask this one. Let's do it. Max Ferber says, "Has Joey ever tried bombing hills in Vancouver with a shopping cart?" <laughs> I feel like that's a very the thing that might have happened. I don't know. Am I? No, but I keep the people keep recommending this uh, Carts of Darkness documentary, 
to me. So that's they're referencing a documentary that people keep telling me to watch. Yeah. And I think the guy that made that was from Kamloops. So there's a connection there. What was the what was it about? What oh, Carts, carts of about? Darkness. I think it was about homeless people who raced shopping carts down really steep hills. It's called Carts of Darkness. Look it up. That sounds very um, interesting. No, I haven't done that. And I'm de- I've definitely aged out of doing things like that. Um, <laughs> shopping yeah. carts are dangerous. Yeah, maybe even more so than skating. Maybe even more so than skating. Yeah, I was about to say I think so. skating wizard backwards with no helmet on. Shopping carts are I've seen, more dangerous. Well, I've seen people hit their head even harder, like like uh, videos of drunk people pushing their friend in a shopping cart, and then it hits a weird way. Mm-hmm. There might be more concussions from drunk shopping cart pushing than oh, uh, yeah. skating, possibly. I would fully agree with you on that. Yeah. Um, shoot. Mike Torres has a question that I think we should ask. Okay. <laughs> uh, Mike Torres says, I noticed some great themes in NBA. <clears throat> Can you elaborate on some of the themes slash commentary within the video? Excuse me. Yeah. Um, like the human side of skating is really interesting, especially as you get older that you struggle with like why you do it or um, if you take it too seriously or if you've wasted a lot of time doing it. Um, so the, the tricks are important, but also the, the human being behind doing the tricks. I find in a, in a lot of action sports videos and skate videos, it's focused on making people look as cool as possible. And especially as I get older, well, I know that I've like I'm not cool. I fall on my skates. It's a bizarre thing to be a 39 year old rollerblader from Canada, obsessed making these videos. So uh, a lot of the themes is just questioning that or exploring that, or um, and then also just the like the mental health part of um, you know having to work at home, the pandemic, forest fires, doom scrolling on Twitter. None of that's in there, but skating being an important outlet um, during all that that crap. There's there's nothing direct in there about it, but like no matter how much you, you the world changes or you get older, skating stays the same, and it's always accessible. That joy is accessible, so uh, that's in there. And I think making yourself look dorky and a human that makes mistakes mixed with some of those. I don't know, more serious themes about questioning why you do something or um, I hope that answered the question. Who edits the mushroom blading videos? Yeah, that's me. Okay. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> it's, a, it's a collaboration. Like it's a pretty, yeah. I'll, I'll do the technical editing, but we, we're in agreement of, on every cut. Um, yeah. Cool. Uh, we've gotten uh, a bunch more questions, and so I think we should take those, being that we have uh, 158 people still watching. Are you okay? I hope I don't get cut off right now. Are you good still answering a few more questions? Yeah, if people are still watching, sure. Cool. Um, so let's see. Da, 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 da. Mike McFly says, for Joey, what would you consider the biggest slash craziest trick hammer you have ever landed? <laughs> I don't really have any. Todd does. Uh, (laughs) 
I guess I want to eat it off a roof that was like, I've jumped off some roofs that were pretty high. Um, I've done some kinked rails. I don't know. I just have never been that, that person. What's your favorite trick then? What about a favorite trick? What? Favorite trick that I've ever landed? Yeah. Like doesn't necessarily have to be crazy. Just favorite. I really, really liked in a recent one in NBA, the same day I hit, I, I got the head hit. I did a, I did a frontside wheel slide to switch backside wheel slide to like a toe stall poke out thing. It's probably one of my favorites just cause it was flat ground. Yeah. That one was sick. And then the, the, you spun around on the toe stall. Or not? Yeah. It yeah. was like a, it was like a fake out. Like it was a revert. Like I landed forward, but my toe, my body twisted completely fakey for a sec. Yeah. That was one of those days where I had it in my head and it felt impossible. And then I just got it. So sick. I have a question for you. How important, if any, is the sound of your wizard skating to the video? Because very important. Yes. You, you put out an edit. I think the, when you had the undercover wheels edit, it was all, um, acapella. If I'm correct in yeah. saying that. And yeah. I put out like a, a little edited remix video with like the Wu-Tang swords and stuff like that and the Kung Fu fighting and all the wizard whooshing sounds went perfectly with that. So I was curious what, since you, you're the editor of Mushroom Blading videos, at what point, like how important is that sound to the skate videos themselves? Sound is, sound is even more important than the visuals to me. And wizard sound incredible. More important? 70-30 for me well okay the skater needs to be in the frame like okay <laughs> they need to you need to be able to see what's happening but like uh it can be a really nicely filmed trick and on a bad microphone like a like just some of those dslr dslr that's exactly what i was oh, thinking of it's like ear bleedingly low quality mp3 Tin audio can. that it really takes yeah. away from it and a lot of the older videos had like uh since it was going onto tapes like i like a really good warm sound and uh yeah, like the mic that we use, the stereo mic. I spent more money on the mic than the camera recently. I'm so gonna, bought, I think we're gonna go four K. No, it's like a, it's like a road stereo. It's like a big ball, oh, and uh, that one. Our videos sound incredible from it, so sounds really important. And I do, I do light sound editing. Um, yeah, I, I do a little bit of audio editing, especially for wizard stuff. Yeah, and I also love edits and videos without music because you're not forcing the viewer to feel a specific emotion with the song that you chose. I love doing both though. You ever consider putting like a, a lav mic on a skate if you're filming like long wizard stuff to get that audio, anything like that? I haven't tried that with fisheye. It's close enough. Yeah. Um, that's what but I, I, did, I did love in like the old TV broadcast that they had mics on the coping. Like yeah, I can still exactly hear that sound of. in my head. Yeah. Like uh, we underestimate some of the production that went into those, those ASA shows in terms of the sound. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, that's why I was thinking of exactly the same thing. Like the, the metal grind plates on coping invert when you would watch it on TV. That's what I was thinking of for you guys. Like since you're not grinding really, for the most part, you're not grinding it, it. Like if you like tape the lav mic underneath the, the soul plate or something <laughs> like that, you know, and like, yeah, get the whooshing sound like super crisp and, you know, that would be cool. Film some long yeah. shots. Cause I know you do some once in a while, some long shots with that. That'd, that'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I, I'm glad I 
thought to ask that question because that's something that was on my mind for a while about the sounds. I love the sounds. It's part of the like it's half the reason why I think those clips look so cool is because they sound awesome. Wizards sound incredible. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, my wizard skating can sound that good one day. It will. You said something about 4K too, by the way. You yeah, we want to make a 4K video. I want to make the next video 4K. So yes. I've been filming. What camera? Apart from Zone and a couple of the other ones, the same camera since Mushroom Blading 1. So 14 years on the same camera. So what camera are you trying to do the 4K stuff in? I'm curious what your uh, setup is. I want to get um, a C200. So I have a C100, but I want to get a, a C200. C200 is what I use at work, and I really like it. Um, we film we filmed that undercover one in a C200. So, mm-hmm. But I want to film like an all locked off tripod zone style, very cinematic um, 4K for the next video. Yeah, for MB9. I'm happy to hear that. I've been, I, I don't have much to say it's for because it I don't really make skate videos or anything like that, but I love seeing like uh, um, Don West's stuff, like crisp 4K skating, like filmed really well. And it's it's a nice breath of fresh air from all the HVX footage that we have out yeah. now. And like you said, since Motion Blading 1, <laughs> is that the same camera as an HVX? Yeah, it's a Canon XHA1. So it's what... Sh- um... Dom West shot uh, Vine Street one. On. Okay, so everything is one. So that's how old <laughs> everything is. That's how old the camera <laughs> is. One. Oh no! How can we get it? Oh no! <laughs> Let's just do this. Fuck it. Why not? <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I want to eventually save up Patreon money to buy some more stuff. But if companies would stop releasing skates that I want to try, <laughs> maybe Q three twenty twenty two, you'll be able to take yeah. a break from all the new skates. Yeah, 2023, we're going to do MB9. So I have some time to try all these skates for Patreon. Are you taking a year off? Uh, we're just going to do this edit series for a while. And yeah, it's um, it's always good to make the next video completely different than the last in some way. So yeah, it's good to just do like an edit series to kind of explore and then wait for the direction to come up. So yeah. Very Plus cool. two-year projects are mentally tricky. Mentally tricky in what way? What do you mean? Well, because you're sitting on footage for two years, so you start yeah. to go crazy after that first winter. Like mm-hmm. you almost you want to get it out. So some stuff starts to feel really old. Do yeah. you skate much in the winter? Like, yeah. Do you have? Yeah. What do you you skate like garages or? We or have what? we have that dirty parkade, and then there's one covered Christian school in the North Shore that you can only uh, skate on weekends. So no, no parks or anything. Oh, that's rough. Yeah, but that but that's what. Uh, that's part of what created whatever we do. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely uh, adds character to who you are as Canadians and, and what you do. Yeah. Um, we, I think we're good on questions. I would feel like we would regret if we didn't at least talk once about the mushroom blading wheels that you just guys just put out. And um, what was like motivation behind that inspiration? Uh, they're all sold out already. If I'm, not mistaken. Um, sold out direct, and then the shop partners that helped us launch will be getting them in January. Okay, so people uh, can still buy them. Yeah, yeah, cool. So get what, them quick. What, what was your? Yeah, they sold us super quick on your website. What was your um, meaning behind making a wheel company? Um, 
so we we did collabs with undercover those were great but we skate every single size so i think it was kind of limiting to do a collab when it was always just the one size that we could make um and there was a time on around for patreon or or just when i was trying anti rocker where i tried all of the wheels anti rocker all of the wheel brands and it was the stefan 50 50 there were like 60 90 wheels that that i used that i was really impressed with um and then that the where that where those were from the factory um they had like a really good range of sizes um and i was skeptical to try the big wheels the 90s and 100s but i ended up getting um the the black core wheels with the white urethane that i use in mb8 i got a bunch of my favorite skating in those that those were the same factory <clears throat> and then undercover was limiting then we were thinking of partnering with some other people that didn't work and then it was lawrence was the one i think who saw the the potential of it and was like really wanted to help us out to distribute it and then he had the connections to the factory i had tried all the wheels but it was those it was the stefan wheels the 6090 i was super impressed with the quality um out of all the anti-rocker wheels i tried and um that kind of clicked where it was like this is a really good quality product at a at a lower price and the that's the other thing is undercover the factory times were really long the wheel prices went up um so the turnover time using this factory was going to be really good and then obviously um it, it felt like kind of time like um from better than baseball the mushroom blading was like a clear break in our skating history and then mb8 to this point with the wheel company is like a new part of the story or our trajectory so it was cool to finally start something where we make a physical product that wasn't a t-shirt and because we use all the wheel sizes it's going to be it always felt weird to be skating so many different kinds of wheels that weren't ours so having a full line is the goal where no matter what setup we use there'll be mushroom blading wheels they'll always be a green color in honor of face um and uh yeah todd's art is incredible i don't know it just felt like the time to start something and the product's really good and it's scary to start something but it seems like the right time and i'm happy it's a wheel company and not a boot company because there's a lot of boot companies i'm excited to try all the boots as a fan and a customer not a person who makes boots it's cool that you guys made all the wheels like that, considering they're all different sizes and there's not many wheel companies doing that too. So you could buy mushroom blading, anti-rocker wheels, little flat rocker wheels, wizard wheels, whatever it is, they get it from you. Um, so this will be available in shop soon, you said? Yeah, early January where we did a reorder of the 58s and the 60s and then we're hoping to do a new size uh, kind of in the new year. We'll have one more size. The plan is to have around 10 or 11 sizes. Oh, that's a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah, a size for every style that we skate. Um, and then, yeah, the edits and videos and things, just starting a new era with the wheels and the edits and the videos that maybe feels different than the other stuff. Or, And they're going to look really good on a lot of the skates coming out. Got to say. Got to say. 
Good looking wheels. Mesmers, thems, um, you know, like Todd's art with that graphic on the bottom of the sole. It's going to pair very well. Oh, yeah, that's true. I didn't think about yeah. that. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to look good on the Ritters. So, I'll, yeah, I'll be, I'll be putting the wheels on all the different skates, taking pictures, riding them on. Uh, Lots of Patreon, Patreon videos coming up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Got to give mad props for the, uh, the graphic sole idea in terms of like, that's something that K2 always did, like having a base that's iconic in photos. And I'm surprised nobody else had done it up to that point. So. Oh, did K2 good. do it? Well, they had, they didn't do it, but they had like the, the Teflon soles. Like you always knew they were K2s. That goes photos because uh, the yeah, chiclets, yeah, yeah. like the white. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. That, Those like, are cool. Yeah. So yeah. you knew when you looked at a photo that it was a K2 skate. So that's cool about the Mesmers that, that if you can't see the skate, but you see the base of it, you know, it's a Mesmer. So good job cool. on that one. That's like one of those simple little details that seemed obvious and you guys took it in a cool direction. Yeah. Yeah. That was more Bellino's idea. Oh, really good. Hey, you can answer that question. We'll put you in here. <laughs> that was Bellino's idea. Oh, very. And then he would have said more. <laughs> very interesting. But so we're going to end it off. There's one more super chat just came in. So we'll, we're going to do this one last super chat and then we're going to end it there. Uh, it's from Jeff Orta who says, are some of the tricks you guys put out intentionally over the top ridiculous in order to shift what is acceptable in rollerblading? Some, some were, uh, there were some like previously. Yeah. But now I think just everything's off the table and I don't know this, our styles cleaned up a lot more since when we were doing it before. So I would say yes. But I would say we threw a lot at the wall over the years and some stuff didn't stick. And then there's like kind of becoming clear what sticks and what doesn't. But at the same time, there's technically no rules, but there are just some things that aesthetically look good and some don't. That just comes down to your personal preference. Mm -hmm. Yes is the, the, the answer maybe to that one. Sort of, kind of. Sort of. Sort of. Depends on the day. <laughs> All right. Well, we keep losing Billy, so hopefully he's here before we, we sign off. But again, Joey, thank you so much for coming on. This has been awesome. Um, is there anything you want to say to people before you leave us? Yeah, don't get too excited about anything or upset about anything um, as the years go on. Stay kind of in the middle if you can. And... Uh, I know there's going to be a lot of noise incoming with uh, brands and companies. And I think, I think it's a really important time on how everybody works together. Or I, I, I know they're just going to, going to be a lot of competing for attention. And I think if everybody can be fans of multiple companies or work together or lift each other up, that's going to be really important. So that's agree. I be, yeah. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree with that one. Well said. Um, yeah. But so, Billy, that those were his last last statements right there. Um, is there anything else to do with? I don't know if I'm going to be able to speak. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my uh, 
it's been a really weird uh, episode on this end. I keep getting kicked off uh, over and over again, but we'll figure I'm, it out. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. getting to, I got to listen to this episode when it's done because I really want to hear a lot of what Joey had to say. So um, you were here for most uh, of it. Yeah. I, I caught some really good parts that I found to be really fascinating, but um, yeah, uh, Joey, I just uh, want to say thank you for coming on the podcast. I'm sorry that uh, there were some technical diff- difficulties during it, but uh really appreciate everything that you do for skating and continue to do. And that I know you're going to do forever mushroom blading 80, you know, is going to be around. And um, yeah, I guess Austin asked you to say your last words, but anything else, any words of wisdom, final parting things before shout outs, even though you did shout outs in the beginning, shout outs at the end that you may have. I have no, I have no extra shout outs, uh, in the spirit of Lawrence and VG seven, I'll just say, uh, or VG 17, the California industry issue. Hopefully I'm getting that right. He said much love. So I'll just say much love. And also, uh, good, best of luck with Mesmer. I'll be trying the skates in the new year. Oh, he's gone. I'll I'll pass the message on to him. (laughs) Uh, that I love that people are start that skaters are starting things and taking risks it's really exciting it's it a good is, time for that it is really exciting. so that's that's my last words i, I agree with thank you on you. that hang on we'll, we'll pop him in for one last one but joey again thanks for coming on <laughs> <laughs> that was a, that was a perfect time to be uh to be to be shut off again thank you joey okay we're gonna end this in the correct order right here so we're all lined up we're all in our respective spots Joey, thank you so much for coming on. Thank everybody for watching. Thank you for all the super chats. We really appreciate it. Big shout out to our sponsor, <laughs> Blank. Check out the new Sean Keen skate. Check out NBA. Check out Mushroom Blading. Be sure to get those new wheels when they come out. Um, everything is link- linked in the description below this video. So definitely check it out. And yeah, thanks again, everybody. We'll see you all in the next episode. Blake, God bless. <laughs> Peace.